12 years, you didn't even know you had a son. But then one day, I ran away from military school to look for you. And I'll never forget the words you said when your eyes met mine. You're my what? Mr. Stratton? Yeah. Are you Edward Stratton III? That's me. Pleased to meet you. Hi. I'm your son. To join this man and this woman in holy matrimony. Will you, Edward, take this woman as your lawful and wedded wife? I will. And will you, Kate, take this man as your lawful and wedded husband? I will. With this ring, I thee wed. I now pronounce you husband and wife. Hey there everybody, Angela Bowen here, the host of Together We're Gonna Find Our Way, an unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. Well today I'm going to be talking about two episodes. That's right, for season five I've been starting to cover two episodes, a podcast episode. So, the episodes I'll be talking about today are season five, episode 14, entitled The House Guest. And Season 5, Episode 15, entitled Band on the Run. So, The House Guest aired on February 9th, 1987. In this episode, when Brad's father goes out of town for a new for a few days, Rick invites him to stay with the Strattons despite Edward's misgivings. I can definitely see where Edward would really not want Brad over. You guys, if you've been listening since I, you know, season four, probably when we met Brad. I've not been a fan of Brad. I don't like that this is a big Brad-centered episode. I hope that there's a side plot that doesn't involve Brad that we can focus on a little bit more. I just, I don't like this guy. I think that there is no reason to have, to Rick, to have a Derek 2.0 friend. I honestly would have been fine if they'd have kept Freddy. But, after Brad creates constant chaos in the house, even Rick finds it difficult to defend him. <sighs> I know, I, I complained the last you know episode when I was talking about having to do this episode. I'm like, Ugh. I'll do my best to slog through it. You know what? Maybe there's a very small percent chance that I might like the episode. Like, we learn there's another side to Brad. Like, oh, his parents don't pay attention to him. Or, oh, he likes the fact that, you know, Rick's got two parents that care and love him and dote on him and everything like that. I don't know. This episode's got a 7.2 out of 10 based on 15 ratings. Um, we have Richard Slick Langford. Is this Larry from Three's Company? He's playing... 
he's <laughs> playing Brad's father. Interesting. Okay. So he's a guest star. This episode was directed by Tony Singletary. Writers David W. Duclan, the creator. Or Duclan? Duclan? I've probably been mispronouncing it the whole time. Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, Ben Starr, Martin Cohen, and Howard Leeds. It was written by Bob Boblitz, B-A-U-B-L-I-T-Z. And as always, there's no trivia, and there is no... There's no user reviews either. All right, so let's also jump to the band on the run real quick, which is Alfonso quits Rick's band when they refuse to take his girlfriend's suggestions. How many bands has Rick been in or managed? It seems like at least once per season he's either in a band or managing a band or starting up a band. Yeah. Really kind of wish we could go back to when Rick was into computers and stuff like that in season two and three, or one, two, and three. And it just seems they kind of left that part of Rick in those earlier seasons to make him just a goofy, girl-crazy teenager. Which, I mean, I get it, he's a teenager, but teenagers do have other interests, and... Uh, aside from being into guys, girls, or vice versa. I mean, so far we have seen Rick work at a job. We've seen him do comedy. We've seen him babysit a boa constrictor. He's helped out a student with a learning issue. Well, not necessarily a learning issue, but helped a you know, football player on a test. We've also seen him play tennis. We've also seen him flirt with a 35-year-old woman. Um, have a girlfriend and hit on another girl at the beach house. Work at a shoe store. Flirt with a live-in housekeeper. Moving out to the... A uh, guest house or whatever you want to call it. Pretty much. Um, he also helped Kate's grandmother. So we've seen there are different layers to Rick Stratton, and that's great. But it just feels like there's more to this kid than just being girl craziness. It's like, aside from those other things that in previous episodes. It seems like the one they want to focus on is every every single episode. He's got a girl he's either dating, crushing on, obsessing over. And it's just like, ugh. And I know you guys are like, well, it's the final season. And you said you do all the episodes. And I am. I am. But not without some complaint. Like, I just, I'm, I'm dreading this episode. Oh, but, alright, let's get into the house guest, and then we'll get into Band on the Run. Of course, before I officially get into the episode, I'd like to let you know where you can find the podcast on social media, Facebook, and Instagram, Instagram, Silver Spoons Podcast, and Facebook, uh, 
Together we're going to find our way in unofficial Silver Spoons podcast. Just type in Silver Spoons podcast. Now, with the podcast ending this year, I probably won't be as hugely active on the sites as I used to be with, you know, promoting episodes. Maybe I can, you know, upload photos from previous episodes. Just say, what episode do you like more? This one or that one? Or, you know, top five favorite episodes of the show. Top worst episodes of the show. Stuff like that. What? Sorry, guys. Also, if you're new to the podcast, one way you can find the podcast to listen to is looking for the Punky Power Punky Brewster podcast. You'll find all of the episodes of Silver Spoons 1 through 5. You're going seasons 1 through 5. You can find them on SoundCloud. You can also find them on iTunes. Now, I know... For whatever reason, and I don't understand this. There's got to be a reason behind it. Because I'm noticing that a good chunk of season one of Punky Brewster is not on iTunes anymore. It's like when you get so many, they just, the older ones, like, you can't find them anymore. So if you want to start at the beginning listening to the Punky Brewster, Punky Power podcast, or even the beginning of Silver Spoons... SoundCloud is going to be your best bet. It has all the episodes there. Uh, the only, I Unfortunately, I do not have you know, it up on Spotify. And I don't even think it would work that way with you know playing the clips and everything. So, um, Podbean, I believe, also same issue. Just like iTunes, it doesn't have all the episodes that it used to have. So... SoundCloud's your best bet. If you want to write into the podcast, talk about your favorite episodes, your favorite memories of the show, growing up with the show, you can send an email to silverspoonspodcast at gmail.com. So, all right, let's finally get into the house guest. And I pray and hope that this episode isn't as terrible as as I'm anticipating it to be. All right, we come out of the intro... Rick is inside, bouncing a basketball. Apparently, you never learned that lesson from the season two Spare the Rod episode. <laughs> he, like, he's pretending to dribble it and like, pretend like he's in a game. And he, like, you hear the doorbell ring. And he, like, vaults over the back of the couch. And he is literally this close, like, you can't see my fingers, but mere inches away from that glass, the corner of that glass coffee table. And I get it that with the glass coffee tables, it's like, I know the edges, I know that the sides of it are most likely softened and sanded down, so it's not like you're gonna, he's gonna plow his face right into that glass coffee table. But it's just like, oh, that's a little too close for comfort for me. Oh, and he's got the door openers literally right on the edge of the coffee table. <coughs> he uses it to open the door. Brad comes in looking dejected. I take it he got grounded. Or his father yelled at him for being a doofus. I don't know. 80s. Fashion. Popped collar. So Rick says, hey, I'm headed off to basketball practice. So it's not like he's on a team or anything. He's probably just going to the park or someplace to shoot hoops with other people. And 
Brad's like, well, no, I can't. Uh, my uncle just died. And Rick's like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you, were you close? And Brad says, well, no, I never met him. And Rick said, you know, why are you so down about this? Turns out his, Brad's parents are flying to Chicago for the funeral. And Brad has to stay with his aunt, Bessie. How in the holy heck does he wind up staying with the Strattons? Unless Rick's like, oh, you don't want to stay with that old lady. Stay with us. We're fine. We're cool. My dad, my parents will be cool with it. Apparently Rick's heard of Brad's aunt Bessie. Because he's like, oh, not the one that clicks her teeth in uh, time to the theme of Lawrence Welk. And apparently Aunt Bessie thinks that Bruce Springsteen is an orthopedic mattress. Brad's complaining already about the fact that he's got to be cooped up with his Aunt Bessie in a teeny tiny apartment. And he kind of throws his hands up in the air. I mean, it's nothing compared to, the, you know, your place. With all the space and room. Brad, does Brad invite himself to stay over? Because he's like making a point of like, all these extra rooms you got. I mean, what did Edward say? They had like over 20 rooms in the house. Not necessarily 20 bedrooms, but 20 rooms. So if you count the library, the kitchen, the living room, Rick's room, Kate and Edward's room, that one guest room we saw. So that's six. So there's like 16 other rooms that we have no idea where, what type of rooms they are. One of them's gotta be another den or a study or a here's my trophy room, here's my contemplation room, here's like five other bathrooms. I'm sure like a good portion of those are probably extra bathrooms and extra bedrooms. Okay, so Rick is the one he's, he's like, no, no, you're not staying here. And Brad's like, why not? Rick reminds him of the time that he spent the night. Actually, no, Brad didn't stay the night. Edward was so sick of Brad, he drove Brad home at three in the morning because he couldn't stand him. Have we ever learned Brad's last name before now? Because he says, oh, that was the old Brad Langford. Brad says, I've matured since then. And I figured Rick was going to say something like it hasn't been that long since you stayed over. It hasn't been. It's been two weeks. Ugh. Brad is really guilting Rick. And Rick, you need to, like, muster up some, uh, gumption there. Because, like, it'd be, like, a great, you'd be a great friend friend doing this and he actually refers to the Stratton mansion as like the Stratton Hilton or something. Rick actually tells Brad he's going to talk to his father. It's like, but don't get your, get your hopes up. It's like, you already know the answer is going to be no. I can't imagine Kate likes Brad either. How many times is he like, oh my gosh, look at you. He's just as bad as Derek was. But Derek was charming in a <laughs> disgusting way. Like, Derek had sh- was suave and joie de vie. So Brad's like, wow, you're a pal. What a, f- what a friend. What a buddy. And Rick tosses Brad his basketball and goes into the kitchen. And Brad 
puts his ear up by the door, and we just hear, what? Like, heck no, he ain't staying here. I mean, it must have been pretty bad if Edward is driving Brad home at 3 a.m. Stratton pivots. Stratton answers the door. (laughs) Hey, Brad. Hi, Rick. So, I was just leaving for basketball practice. Want to come? I can't. My uncle died. It's a real bummer. Oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Were you close? I never met him. (laughs) Well, then why so down? Well, my parents are flying to Chicago for the funeral, and I got to stay here with my Aunt Bessie. Not the one who clicks her teeth in time to Lawrence Welk. (laughs) She thinks Bruce Springsteen is an orthopedic mattress. I mean, I'm going to be cooped up with her in this teensy-weensy apartment. I mean, it's nothing compared to this place. Then again, hey, what could compare to this? Well, look, Brad, why don't you get I mean, with all these extra rooms. No. No, 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 no. Wait a minute. You can't stay here. Why not? Brad, don't you remember the last time you stayed overnight? Wait a minute, Brad, it wasn't even overnight. My dad was so sick of you, he drove you home by three in the morning. (laughs) Well, look, that was the old Brad Langford. I've matured since then. That was two weeks ago, Brad. Hey, please, Rick. Hey, it'd be an act of faith and friendship if you swung me a pass at the Stratton Hilton. Okay, look, Brad, I'll go talk to my dad, but don't get your hopes up. Hey, thanks, man. You're a pal. What a guy. What a friend. Right. What? (laughs) So... Edward does not want this to happen. Rick's like, it'll only be for a couple days. And Edward reminds him, well, you remember what he did in the garage the last time he was here? Oh, God, what'd he do? And Rick's like, Dad, come on, you're going to paint your car anyway. Yeah, if he was going to have that done, it was probably going to be done by professionals. What in the what? So is Brad a born klutz or what? I mean, he doesn't have a driver's license. Or maybe he does. I don't know. But he doesn't need to be in their garage. Apparently, Brad also set off the smoke alarm or smoke detector. And Rick's like, well, Dad, that was an accident. Apparently, Brad was reading under the covers by candlelight. Dude, you not heard of a flashlight? And Brad does not... Strike me as the type that is into reading anyway. E- or even if it were for school. Especially if it were for school. So Edward puts his foot down. It's like, we cannot have a house guest right now. I have, I am up to my eyeballs in these production production schedules. He's like, I gotta get this done. So Rick is making up this lot. I mean, yeah, she does live in a, apparently a one bedroom apartment. Did he say one room or one bedroom apartment with nine cats? I don't think so. He's making it sound worse than what it is. Are you serious, Kate? She's only, like, siding with Rick because there's been a death in Brad's family. He didn't even know the uncle. He didn't even... Did his parents even ask him if he wanted to go to the funeral? Edward, of course, (laughs) says... Was Brad involved in any way? So, yeah, I think Kate's just going to bat for Brad because his uncle died. 
Edward finally is like, fine, fine, fine. He can stay. But no reading in bed and no t- any type of disasters of any kind. So Rick calls Brad in. He's like, hey, Brad, guess what? And Brad comes in, head down with a hang dog expression on his face. Like, already figuring they said no. And <laughs> Brad says, yes, Richard. Rick turns to him and says, my father says you can stay. And right away, Brad, like, runs over to Edward, practically pulls him out of his chair to hug him. And mind you, Edward has got uh, his hand around a cup of coffee, which more than likely he's not going to burn himself. Oh, God, he burned himself right in the uh, sensitive area. Oh, I can see why that would be painful. Oh. I'd like, take him to the emergency room. He's probably got scalding in his man bits. Kate, more than likely, you guys are not going to have a kid at this point. It would only be for a couple of days, Dad. Rick, don't you remember what he did in the garage last time he was here? Dad, come on. You were going to paint your car anyway. (laughs) What about the time he set off the smoke alarm? Dad, it was an accident. Rick, you don't read under the covers by candlelight. Come on, son, we can't have a house guest now. I'm up against a deadline on these production schedules. Dad, he says his aunt lives in a one-room apartment with nine cats. Yeah, and and there's been a death in his family. Was Brad involved in any way? (laughs) Sorry. Well, you should be. All right, all right. He can stay, but no reading in bed. I don't want any major disasters. All right. Wonderful. Hey, Brad, guess what? (coughs) Yes, Richard? My father says you can stay. Oh, thank you, sir. You won't be sorry. (laughs) Okay, so here's what I'm getting from this. They have breakfast in... No, wait a minute. Remember last time I'm like, why are they eating breakfast in the living room? They normally have it in the kitchen. They're having dinner in the living room at that same table. Or more like Brad's eating and Edward, Kate, and Rick are just staring at Brad while he shovels plate after plate of food in his mouth. Kate, are you happy you stuck up for him now? I'm sure Rick is even regretting it. I get teenage boys have appetites and everything like that because of their metabolism. They can just pack it away and not gain weight. He's eating like he's not eaten in a month. Does his family not feed him? Okay, apparently they're eating pork chops because Brad finally stops shoveling food in his maw, looks up, sees Edward's pork chop on his plate and says, Hey, Mr. Stratton, you gonna eat that chop? I'd be like, okay, this is what I'm getting from Brad here. It seems like we don't have Derek and we don't have Freddy. So let's take the annoyance of Derek and the clumsiness of Freddy. Put him in a blender, mix him up, and boom, you have Brad Langford. Edward's like, well, actually, I was. And Brad doesn't even wait for him to finish. She's just like, thanks, grabs a fork, puts it on his plate. Then, Brad doesn't even bother with a fork. He just picks the pork chop up in his hand and just starts shoving it towards his face, just going to town on it like it's a corn cob. 
Like, good grief, boy! I'm sure your parents taught you manners and how to act appropriately at someone's house during dinner. It's not eat your thing food with any like your with your hands like an animal. I get some thing fried chicken, drumsticks. Eat it with your hands. Eat it with a fork. But it's per pizza. Eat it with your hands. Put it in your mouth or fork. Food that's fine to eat with your hands and stuff like that. That's great. You can even also, like I said, use a fork. But food that you normally would just strictly use a fork or a fork and knife. Come on. Kate is just like, wow, my, you have quite an appetite, Brad. And Rick turns to Kate. They're both sitting on the same side of the table. He says, you should see him when he's hungry. (laughs) Okay, here's a question. And I remembered that Brad's worn this shirt before, the bowling type shirt with the sleeves rolled up and it says Jerry on it. I cannot remember for the life of me if we ever got an explanation as to why he's wearing a shirt with the name Jerry on it because his name is Brad. His dad's name isn't even Jerry. It's Danny apparently and then Slick in quotes. So, okay, this is, like I say, I don't watch the episodes ahead of time, but here's my guess at Brad's father. Brad's father is an adult version of Brad. It's my guess. That's what I'm going with. That's what I'm guessing anyway. Brad didn't get that way just by being himself. He, I think he learned that behavior from his father. But then again, it's a guess. I could be wrong. That's my, that's my hypothesis. That's my guess guess of the episode. Brad's reason for why he eats so much is I can get more down if I don't chew. You can also choke to death. You can also be required to have the Heimlich performed on you because you're yeah. Plus, if you're just swallowing and not chewing your food not decide, not just choke but you're cheating yourself out of getting to taste your food. That's like half the enjoyment of swallowing the food is tasting it as you're chewing it. I mean, people that swallow their food, normally they're eating something they're not a fan of or they don't think or they don't want to hurt someone's feelings. They know they don't won't like it and just swallow it so that way it doesn't hit their taste buds. But we've heard how great a cook Kate is. I would love to sample her food. I really, really would. I bet it's astoundingly amazing. Edward is still just watching Brad just shovel all this food in his mouth. And Edward says, gee, honey, that was sure delicious. I think. Hopefully. Rick is like, hey, Kate, I'll help you clear out uh, the dishes. And they grab, I'm guessing, the corn and what, um, and also a bowl of green beans. And Brad is like, hey, hey, not so fast. And he yanks the bowls out of their hands. And he proceeds to dump them on his plate with his mashed potatoes and pork chop. That is a famous bowl that I could do without. <laughs> so- Remember in KFC Famous Bowls? They had them when they, they still have them, I believe. And you know, when I worked there was when they started making them. It's basically mashed potatoes, put your gravy, 
you put your popcorn chicken, you put your corn on top, you put your gravy on there. It's, no wait, you put mashed potatoes, I think you put gravy, then you put the corn, then you put the popcorn chicken, and then maybe more gravy on top? I'm guessing. I'm guessing. It's been a while. It's been 13 years since the last time I made that. I stopped working there in 07. I love the audience reaction as he puts, you know, dumps the corn and I'm guessing the green beans or peas or whatever onto the plate. Then he kind of mixes it with his fork and proceeds to continue to shovel food in his mouth. You just hear the audience like, oh, and even Rick and Kate are just like, oh, Teenagers, am I right? Guys, you'll eat anything that isn't nailed down? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not all teenagers, but ones that aren't picky. Like, I'll eat whatever. <laughs> oh my god, that's so... Oh. It's supposed to let out a giant belt. Hey, Mr. Stratton, you gonna eat that chop? Well, actually, I wasn't. Thanks. Um... You have quite an appetite, Brad. <laughs> you so now it's nighttime. It's for what time is Leno and Letterman come on? Like eleven thirty midnight, and we're like I said, we're in Rick's room. He's got what looks like an air mattress for Brad. That's a, basically at the foot of Rick's bed, and Brad's like, "Wow, Leno's really or Letterman's really cooking tonight, huh?" And Rick's like, "Yeah, he doesn't have to get up at six a.m. for school." I remember from junior high to high school, I had to set my alarm, I think it was like 6.20 or 6.25, because my bus would come at 6.55, so that would give me maybe 20 minutes to get dressed, get something to eat, and get my butt out by the um, bus stop, which I pretty much would just wait by the door to the deck, and I could see the bus I lived in the country. I could see the bus coming down the one street, and by the time it turned onto my street, I'm like, okay, time to get down by the end of the driveway. Apparently, the movie Beach Blanket Bingo is coming on. Oh, Brad's drinking a 7-Up. It looks like a 7-Up. Maybe it's not. And I'm, that's a Frankie and Annette movie, right? Like one of those beach musical films? Brad <laughs> tells Rick, Frankie Avalon is my favorite actor. And Rick just wants to go to sleep. I'm surprised Edward doesn't come in and say, guys, it's after midnight. TV off. Brad, you need to go to bed. But Rick's like, Brad, don't you ever get sleepy? Like, he's like, I want to go to bed. It's midnight. I got to get up in six hours. 
And Brad says, oh, it's probably my high metabolism. I'm like, that has to do with your stomach. It has nothing to do. See, he's wound up. And not to mention, that drink, if it's not 7-Up, it's probably some form of Mountain Dew, which is caffeine, which is keeping him up. Cut the pop out at night. Turn the stick. Like, that's it. 10.30. Lights off. TV off. Settle down and go to sleep. I get it. They're 16 years old. But you don't need to be chugging Mountain Dew at 11.30 at night. You're not getting sleep. You're going to be wound up like Brad. And it's like, you're at a friend's house. If Edward doesn't come to say, guys, TV off, lights off, bed, now. Or my guess is, Rick's going to be like, I got to get some sleep. And he'll go downstairs and sleep on the couch or something. Or one of the guest rooms to get sleep. Brad, so proud of himself, says, I could cram a whole night's sleep into a couple of hours. That's great, Brad, but not everybody is built like that. So you're telling me he can cram a, a whole eight hours worth of sleep into a couple hours. Do you feel completely 100% rested and ready to go for the day? I don't think so. Rick tells him, well, do me a favor, please start cramming. And Brad tells Rick, like, hey, if you want to go to sleep, just say so. And Rick's like, I want to go to sleep. It's like, I'd be like, it's my room. I shouldn't even have to be asking you this. Brad just laughs it off and just kind of grabs Rick's foot, like, shakes it. Like, ha, you're just saying that. Like, no, I mean it. Rick, this is what happens when you let people just get you into doing stuff you don't want to do. You're just not, he's not gullible, but I get it. He wants to be a nice guy and, you know, be there for his, his friend had a place to stay. He could have stayed with his aunt and those, I don't think she had nine cats. She might've had a couple cats, but not nine of them. And I'm sure she didn't live in a one bedroom up or a one room apartment. That's a bit much. Well, a studio, that's what a studio is. A studio is basically one room with you know, a, a bath. I'm sure there's a separate space for a bathroom and the kitchen and living room and dining is basically in bedroom. is all just one big open space. Unless the bedroom's in the loft. Now that would be cool. A loft would be cool. Hey, Letterman's really cooking tonight, huh? Of course he is, Brad. You see, Brad, he doesn't have to get up for school at 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. <laughs> oh, Beach Blanket Bingo is coming on. Frankie Avalon is my favorite actor. Brad, don't you ever get sleepy? Nope. Must be my metabolism. I could cram a whole night's sleep into just a couple hours. Well, do me a favor. Please start cramming. Hey, look. If you want to go to sleep, just say so. I want to go to sleep. Nah, you're just saying that. So, it's the next morning. Kate's already downstairs at the kitchen table. Edward comes down. He's like, wow, I'm starved this morning. He's also dressed for work. Of course, I kind of figured as soon as he opened the fridge and looks at what's inside. I mean, we pretty much just see condiments in the door, which usually, that's where you put condiments. You put them in the door. There's, that fridge is bone dry. I'm surprised there's even condiments left at this point. So Edwards asks Kate, where are the eggs? And Kate says, Brad ate them. And Edward says, 
where's my cantaloupe? And Kate tells Edward, well, Fred said he needed something to mop up his yoke. Ugh. Cantaloupe and... Again, Brad's a teenager. I mean, we did see him put, what, corn and peas or green beans mixed with the pork chop and mashed potatoes and gravy. The most undelectable KFC famous bowl. Not in existence. <laughs> Can we get from the audience? Ew! Edward also asks, where's the juice? And Kate says, well, the human vacuum cleaner also got that as well. Like, uh, let me guess. The milk carton that's on the table, along with, I'm guessing, the cereal box, have both got to be empty. Right? I don't see Rick. He hasn't come down yet. He's probably still asleep. Okay, so there's enough cereal to put in the bowl, but of course there's no milk. So Kate assures Edward, you know, Brad goes home this afternoon. I'll restock the house with food. Everything's going to go back to normal. Never says, I can't wait, and he leans across the table to almost kiss, but Brad interrupts with a laundry basket. He's like, wow, you two do a lot of that, don't you? I'm like, well, they are married. And I'd say they do enjoy each other's company to show affection. That is the biggest laundry basket, wicker laundry basket I have ever seen in my life. As he puts it on the kitchen table, which why... Enough to tip over the empty milk carton and the box of cereal that surprisingly still has cereal left in it. Oh, Brad did his own laundry. He figured, you know, I did it myself. I didn't want to be a bother. Why? He's like, oh, I even did some of your your stuff. I'm like, oh, what? (laughs) Why? I get he's trying to be a good house guest, hence the title of the episode, but you don't need to be doing other people's laundry. And honestly, what did you do? Go into their bedroom and start just picking stuff up off the... Well, Kate and Edward aren't going to be living like teenagers. But he's like, well, I guess since I'm doing my laundry, I'll uh, put yours in with mine. Why? No one does that. No one does that. Unless it's a parent who is washing all laundry, husband, you know, hers, husband's, kids, laundry all together. You gotta be kidding me. He shrank Kate's sweater. Seriously. Yep, yep. Yeah, I kind of figured. Like, ugh, kid. He holds out this tiny sweater that looks like it would fit a two-month-old baby or a four-month, six-month-old. Who who knows? It's just, it's tiny. It'd fit a doll's body. It's like, oh, this isn't your sweater. Is, is this your sweater? And she's like, oh, no, my, what'd you say, Louis Vuitton? Louis Renault. I don't know who that is. Sounds like a play on Louis Vuitton. We all know Kate has expensive taste and stuff. I mean, we saw the better be a faux fur jacket she was wearing in the last episode. Kate holds it up against herself. Look at it. It's a button up. You can buy another one. You guys got the money. I mean, granted, yes, that's not the point. He didn't. If that's the case, then how is the other clothes not shrunk? You sicko. As he nudges. Edward says, huh, ought to fit real good now. 
That's his wife you're speaking about, you jerk. Kate's not very happy at the comment either. She's like, maybe I can stretch it back out. That thing is a washcloth of the hand towel at this point. Maybe your cat, her cat, Fluffy, where's Fluffy? Put that on Fluffy. So Kate walks out of the room and Edward says, I think Kate's a little upset with you, Brad. And Brad's like, hey, I wanted to do something nice for people that are doing something nice for me. Let me guess, he shrank something of Edward's as well. Oh, well, Brad did manage to get the newspaper for Edward. He opens it and says, the Armenian Gazette. Edward said, we don't take this paper. And Brad's like, oh, so that's what the guy out the window was yelling out. (laughs) Was yelling out his window. Like, Dexter was yelling out his window. I'm like, great, now he's upsetting the neighbors. That's, That's wonderful. Brad also mentions how he got the trash, you know, the bathrooms, you know, the living room, the papers off the library floor. Oh, you, oh, God. Remember what Edward was talking about? Those, um, the production line, production sheet, whatever he had to get taken care of that he'd been working on, that he was on a deadline for. Oh, please, Brad, you didn't. Papers off the library floor. Oh, floor. Oh, boy. Edward's like, you throw them away? And Brad is so proud of himself. Like, every single one of them. Like, I will kill you, Brad. And Brad... Edward is, like, shouting at Brad at this point. Like, Brad, that was my production line for my new toys. Or production schedule. Like, so... He didn't have... A copier of any kind, didn't have any type of backup, like on a computer, nothing. If that's all you got, it's got, oh, God. Then again, Brad should have known what rooms he could and could not go into. And the library, there's no reason for, I get he's trying to help out, but there's no reason for him to go in there. Brad's like, no problem, they're right outside. Rick comes down in his bathroom and says, oh, man, who can sleep with a garbage man outside? Crap! It just keeps getting worse. So Edward runs out there and Rick's like, what's with him? And Brad says, oh, he lost some papers. Rick sits down at the table. Of course, he's going to realize there's no milk in that bowl and probably lose it himself. He's like, oh, it's your uh, it's your last day today, Brad. My guess is it's not. Or for the sake of the episode, hopefully it is. Brad sits down at the table and says, yeah, we had fun, didn't we? And Rick's like, yeah, oodles. <laughs> uh. Rick notices Brad, the shirt Brad's wearing looks familiar. Like, isn't that my shirt? And Brad says, yeah, it's a little snug, but I mean, it goes great with these pants. And Rick's like, those are my pants! He's probably like, I was gonna wear that today to school! Brad's like, oh, I didn't think you mind. And Rick stands up, he's like, well, I do mind, Brad. Take them off right now. I'm like, uh, I don't think you want him getting, uh, naked in the kitchen. And Rick says, well, Brad, I don't mean here, I mean upstairs. Brad takes the laundry and heads upstairs like, oh, it's too bad I was going to leave a buck in the pocket. That does, ugh, I don't, I don't want someone wearing my clothes other than myself. See, even though they're not siblings and my sister and I were six years and eight, yeah, I wasn't wearing her clothes and she was not going to wear mine. Boy, I'm starved this morning. Where are the eggs? Brad ate them. 
Where's my cantaloupe? Well, he said he needed something to mop up his yoke. <laughs> Where's the juice? The hue and vacuum cleaner got that too. I'll just have cereal. But not today. Relax, hon. I mean, it's his last day. He goes home this afternoon. I'll restock the house. We'll be back to normal. I can't wait. Boy, you two sure do a lot of that, don't you? Morning, Brad. Yeah, morning. Oh, Brad. What's in the basket? Oh, my laundry. I did it myself. I didn't want to be a bother. Oh. I yeah, even did some of your stuff. your laundry? Uh... <clears throat> Oh, come on, Brad. Is this your sweater? Oh, not my Louis Renault. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that can fit your cat. Who we've that never is. seen. Ought to fit real terrific now, huh? Oh, that's his wife, Maybe man. Maybe I can stretch it back out. <laughs> I think Kate's a little upset with you, Brad. Hey, I just wanted to do something nice for the people who are nice to me. <laughs> I got your morning paper off the lawn. The Armenian Gazette. We don't take this paper. So that's what the guy was yelling out the window next door. <laughs> well, uh, I took out the trash. Thank you. I got everything. The kitchen, the bathrooms, the papers off the library floor. Well, actually, that was very nice. The papers off the library floor? Yep. You threw them away? Every single one of them. <laughs> Brad, that was my production schedule for our new line of toys. I was laying them out for the printer. Okay, okay, no problem. They're right outside. Man, who can sleep with the garbage truck making all that noise? Brad. Oh, no! <laughs> What's with him? He lost some papers. <laughs> well, today's your last day, <clears throat> Brad. Yeah. Yeah, we had fun, didn't we? Oodles. <laughs> Brad, isn't that my shirt? Yeah, well, it's a little snug, but it goes great with these pants. Those are my pants. Ew. Yeah, I didn't think you'd mind. Well, I do mind, Brad. Take them off right now. Okay, okay, no problem. But Brad, I don't mean here. I mean upstairs. Fine. That's ah, too bad. I was going to leave a buck in the pocket. <laughs> it's hopeless. It's ruined. Well, if you have Brad? Yeah, you can uh, have her wear that. Did you get his papers? Oh, looks like you I actually had to fight the garbage man to get this back. Seriously? Brad? Did you ask? How could one kid mess up so much? Practice, practice, practice. How does he find time to mess up considering he eats 20 hours a day? <laughs> and the other four, he flosses in front of you. Ew. It's right upstairs. Yeah, hello. Yes, operator, I'll accept the charges. 
Brad's father. Hello, Mr. Langford. We were just talking about your son. Fine boy. How was the funeral? Uh-huh. How long does it take to contest a will? <laughs> that long. Oh, come on! Well, sure, we'll be glad to let him no. stay a little longer. No, no. Go to his aunt. Yes, I'll be glad to tell him. Uh, uh fine. You've got to be kidding me. How long? Well, they're having a little trouble. <laughs> How long? They're contesting the will. They're bringing in a lawyer. How long? At least a week. No! <laughs> I can't believe Kate thought she was still going to try to fit in if she stretched that sweater. She's not. Give it to your cat. Save it for one day if you have a child. I doubt it. Ugh. Edward actually, man, he had to wrestle that garbage bag away from the garbage man. Really? Wow. That man is very protective of his garbage, I guess. I don't know. There's a phone call. Of course, Edward says, yeah, I'll accept the charges. It's Brad's father. He's like, oh, yeah, we just love your son. He's such a dream to have here. Ugh. And it turns out... They gotta stay a couple extra days because they have to contest a will. So clearly this has gotta be Brad's father's brother. They're bringing in a lawyer. And it's like, yeah, of course Brad can stay. And, and, and Brad and Kate are like, no, no. You know Edward doesn't want this. And he's trying to be, you know, nice. And he sits down at the kitchen table and Kate and Rick also... The same. It's like, how long? How long? Like, they're bringing in a lawyer. These things take time. And he's like, at least a week. And I'm like, oh, God, no. He's got an aunt. Have him stay with her. Seriously. You could just, like, Brad, look. We've staying with us. But your aunt wants to have you. She's like, he's worn out as welcome, basically. Which he has. So it looks like the next morning or later that day, because Edward comes down, he's like, he opens the fridge, he's like, Kate, come here, look. She's like, what? He's like, food. Really? So Brad hasn't had a chance to scavenge the fridge, huh? It's like, Brad must still be sleeping. And Edward's like, quick, he grabs the orange juice and like, apparently, they just start pulling stuff out of the fridge and like, start eating. Oh, Rick comes down and asks everyone, hey, you seen Brad? Like, nope, nope, haven't seen him. Are they ones that are the Stratons the type of people that put peanut butter in the fridge? That's why I gotta wonder, is that a thing? Do people put peanut butter in the fridge? Does it somehow taste better that way? It just seems like it'd be like rock hard and impossible to spread on bread. So Ever's like, Rick, quick, eat before Brad gets down here. And Rick's like, Brad's not upstairs. His bag is gone. It's like he hasn't even been here. And Edward's like, uh-oh. And Rick asks, what uh-oh? And Edward says, well, perhaps he heard our conversation yesterday. Maybe. He might have been within earshot. We didn't see it. And Rick is like, well, suppose he did hear our conversation. And we always say, oh, oh boy, yeah. It's like, don't feel guilty for voicing your frustrations. I mean, my gosh. 
You've been about as hospitable as you can be. Some point, there's gonna be a breaking point, especially if your guest is Brad. Kid, of course, is now beating herself out, self up like, oh, I never should have said those things about the way he eats. I feel awful. And Rick's like, no, guys, if anything, I should feel the most guilty because I have complained the most about him rooming with me. They're all feeling, I get a feeling that Brad's just going to walk right into the door and they're going to, like, not feel guilty anymore about the stuff that they're saying about him. Edward feels bad about, you know, getting on Brad because he threw his papers away. Th those were important work papers. Your company depended on you making sure those papers found their way to your job site. Edward sits down and is like, if anyone's to blame, it's me. And Rick sits down and is like, yeah, if there's anyone to blame, it's definitely Dad. Kate, of course, also sits down at the table and is like, yeah, I definitely agree. It is your father. And Edward's like, excuse me. I believe we all had to air our grievances about Brad. Like, don't throw this onto my shoulders completely. Rick gets up and says, Dad, please, you're wasting time passing the buck. Now, Brad has run away and we've got to find him. He hasn't run away. Okay, I'm sure he hasn't. Now, like I said, I've not seen the episode, but I don't think he's run away. I'm sure he's going to be, you're going to find him somewhere in the 20-something rooms that are in that house. He's got to be somewhere. He's probably still in the house somewhere. And Kate agrees with Rick. Like, you know, he's got a point, Edward. And Rick stands up like, all right, if you were Brad, where would you go? And I'm like, did you check burgers? Did you check... The movie theater. Do you check any other fast food places around? Do you check... I, I don't know. Well, he sure as heck ain't gonna be at the library. Hey, his aunt's house. Check his aunt's house. He might be there. That's if he ran away. Oh, Edward's like, well, where would you go if you were in Brad's shoes? And Rick is like, well, that's not gonna work. And Edward asks why. Rick says, well, because he's wearing my shoes. Wearing his shoes? That crosses a lot. The same thing with wearing another person's pants. That's nasty. That's one step closer to wearing someone else's underwear. That's just downright disgusting. And the shoe, borrowing the shoes, that's no different than going to the bowling alley and renting a pair of nasty, moist, athlete's foot filled shoes. <laughs> Hey, come here, quick. What? <laughs> Look, food. Oh, Brad must still be sleeping. Yeah, quick, let's eat. <laughs> Does anyone see Brad? No, quick, eat. <laughs> Dad, I'm serious. He's not upstairs. Well, isn't he still in bed? He is nowhere upstairs, and his bag is gone. His bag is gone? Uh-oh. What uh-oh? Suppose he overheard our conversation yesterday. Suppose he did. All we said was... Oh, boy. Oh, I never should have mentioned those things about the way he eats. No, I feel awful. No, guys, look, I'm the one who should feel guilty. I complain the most about him rooming with me. Yeah, and about how he's always taking your clothes. No, I'm the one who jumped all over him for throwing my papers away. If anybody's to blame, it's me. Yep, it's Dad. <laughs> Wait a minute, as I recall, all of us had a few things to say. Come on, Dad, you're wasting time passing the buck. <laughs> Brad has run away, and we've got to find him. 
He's right, Edward. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Just stop and think. Now, where would you go if you were in Brad's shoes? That's not going to work. Why not? Because he's wearing my shoes. <laughs> all right, so it looks like they've been out searching for Brad. Edward's like, we've covered every inch of this town. We've not found him because, you know, they live in... Shallow Springs, I think. New York. He's gotta be that he's gonna come down the stairs, he's gonna come into the kitchen, probably having raided the fridge. He was in the house the entire time. Or he went out to the garage and messed something up again with Edward's car. I don't know. And Kate asked Rex, like, none of his friends have seen him. And Rex like, Kate, I checked with both of them. Who? Alfonso and... What the heck was that dude's name? The one I kept calling Eyeball Chambers? I don't know what his name is. Whatever. So they all, you know, Kate and Rick sit on the couch. Edward sits in a chair. Kate's surprised that the police aren't going to help. And Rick says, you know, the police aren't going to do anything until he's been missing for 24 hours. And he hasn't yet. Edward's like, don't they know how much damage that kid can do in 24 hours? Let me guess. I bet anything Rick's going to say, like, yeah, that's why they don't want to look for him. (laughs) I was 100% correct. Here comes Brad with a giant sandwich filled with lettuce and meat and cheese. And they're probably like, Brad, where do you... Where have you been? Rick's like, Brad, like, where are you... And Brad's like, hey, where were you guys? I had to make my own snack. Where has he been in the house? And Rick asks, like... Brad, where were you? And Brad's like, in the kitchen. And I'm sure Kate's gonna be like, no, we mean like for the last couple hours. Where have you, where were you? He was at hockey practice? Really? This is news? I didn't know that he... Brad doesn't seem like the type that's really, he'd probably be into watching sports, but playing them? I, I had no clue. But, and apparently neither did... Rick's, like, his best friend. He doesn't know his friend plays hockey. And Edward's, like, hockey practice. And Brad says, yeah, I mean, we had to be there at, like, 5 a.m. That's the only time we get the rink. So, do they practice, like, twice a month? Because he's been there for probably a week and a half at this point. And Kate's like, why didn't you tell us? And Brad, being considerate, is like, well, I didn't want to wake anybody. He had to be there at 5 a.m. How he got there, who knows? Maybe he took a bus. I don't know, the buses run that early? They might. And Edward says, you know, that's very considerate, but we were all worried about you. And Brad's like, all right, tomorrow I'll make more noise. Like, please don't. Brad starts heading towards the stairs like, Hey, Rick, you want to go upstairs and watch the Three Stooges? And then Curly's my favorite actor. Rick decides to pass. And of course we get Brad doing some Three Stooges Curly impressions. Rick and Kate are both like, Oh, what a relief. I guess Brad's going to go watch the Three Stooges and eat his ginormous sandwich by himself. So Kate's like, wow, I am starved. Scouring this city really brings on the appetite. Anyone else hungry? There's no food in that kitchen. There's no food in that kitchen. The bread that you took out this morning, gone. Meat, gone. Peanut butter, absolutely, 100%, not there. Edward gets up and, of course, because he's 43, he's like, oh, my back. And I love how Rick's doing the same thing. He's like, oh, my back. We do your 16. You don't got back issues. 
There's no food left in that fridge or in that kitchen. You may as well go out to eat. Are you kidding? There's food on the table. There's food left out on the counter. My good grief, Brad. Really? Covered every inch of this town, no sign of Brad. And none of his friends have seen him. Kate, I checked with both of them. <laughs> I still don't understand why the police won't help. Because they don't consider a person missing until he's gone 24 hours. Don't they know how much damage that kid can do in 24 hours? <laughs> Brad, where were you guys? I had to make my own snacks. Brad, where were you? In the kitchen. No, he means before that. Oh, I was at hockey practice. Hockey practice? Yeah, I had to be there at 5 a.m. It's the only time we can get the rink. Well, why didn't you tell us you were leaving at that hour? I didn't want to wake anyone up. Well, that was very considerate, but we were all worried about you. Sorry. Look, tomorrow morning I'll try and make more noise. <laughs> hey, Rick, you want to go upstairs and watch the Three Stooges? That Curly's my favorite actor. Hey, Mo! <laughs> Brad, I, I'll pass. You're lost. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, I am starved. Boy, scouring that city really builds an appetite. You hungry? Yeah, I think I'll have something. <sighs> yeah, I'll have some of that too. Rip. <laughs> Seriously, you don't. Oh, boy. Oh, no. It looks like the Russian cavalry came through. <laughs> All just their horses. <laughs> this was just a snack. Ooh. Oh. Remember when I said I take back all those things I said about Brad? I take that back. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm serious, honey. Look at this mess. The way he threw out my papers, any dummy knows the difference between important papers and trash. Who fries blueberries? Ew. The same guy that dries his socks in the microwave. Ew. I wonder his folks don't want to come home. <laughs> oh, man, I bet he's... Oh, God, you guys... Ooh. Brad, how long have you been standing there? Probably the whole time long enough. Aw, now I feel bad for him. Guys, you could have waited till after he went home. Yes, Sergeant. So I gotta say about Brad, he's wearing a brown shirt that says brain dead on it, and I just gotta say, like, that brown shirt really compliments his hair, and I'm just thinking about Derek. His hair is about the same shade as Brad's, and also kind of the same kind of skin tone as well. Um, anyway, <laughs> They're all complaining about Brad drying his socks in the microwave and just any idiot would know about important papers versus trash. Could, they could tell the difference. And Kate's like, who fries blueberries? And it's just, he just left an entire, there's like two big things of peanut butter. There's orange juice, there's milk, all of that stuff. And they're all just kind of joke. And even everyone's like, I can understand why his parents don't want to come back. And just basically talking trash about Brad. I'm like, you want to talk trash about someone? You do it when they're not there. Because Rick turns to the stairwell off the kitchen, up the kitchen. Brad is just crestfallen. He's just like, 
I felt bad for him. And I usually cannot stand this guy. But it's almost like this episode, you do draw a little bit of semi, well, at least in this scene, a little bit of sympathy for him. It's like, guys, what in the heck? And Rick's like, how long have you been standing there? And Brad just looks like he wants to burst into tears. You know, he's he's being, you know, taking advantage of their food supply and doing stuff like that. And just, that's just Brad. But Rick's like, how long have you been standing there? And Brett's like, he could barely get this out without a broken voice. Like, long enough. And he turns. It's like, your heart does kind of break a little bit for Brad in this moment. You know, I like I said, I normally 100% cannot stand him. But, and I'm going to say this, and I'm surprising myself, is this episode is not terrible. I actually kind of like it. Now, I'm not saying, like, this changes my opinion of Brad going forward. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this was a garbage dump move by the three of them. They could have held off talking crap about Brad until after he went home. I know it's, you know, you know talking behind someone's back and everything like that. But just the grievances and whatnot. But, of course, Brad left. And now... Edward's on the phone with the police trying to figure out, you know, where Brad went. So, Edward's on the phone with the police describing Brad. He's got brown, messy hair. He's wearing a brown shirt that says brain dead on it. He's got a hole in his jeans. He's got three earrings. Oh, Edward has to clarify. No, all in one ear. Apparently, the police officer (laughs) asks Edward, because Edward's like, what do you mean? Why do we want him back? So Edward's like, listen, Sergeant, I happen to be a very important taxpayer. And, of course, the officer just hangs up. Like, uh, I don't have time to deal with this. Bye. I don't care either. Kate comes out of the library, asks Edward what the police said. And the same thing Rick said the night before. Yeah, you gotta wait 24 hours. It hasn't been 24 hours. They're not gonna bend the rules for anybody. So, I guess Edward was having Kate check the grounds because he's like, hey, you had any luck? And she's like, no, he's not in the guest house, you know, where Rick stayed. And he's not in the greenhouse, which I remember the greenhouse. Isn't that where, when Rick had found the, um, the, the homeless lady who turns out, um, she had a daughter in another state or somewhere that hadn't, she hadn't seen since she was a young girl. Edward asks, did you check the cho- the tool shed? And Kate's like, well, he wouldn't go in there. I mean, it's full of spiders. Like, <laughs> I would not be going in there. Well, she didn't check. She doesn't want to. Well, I can't blame her. Edward, you want to go hang out with the spiders? Go check the tool shed. So Rick comes in and says, hey, did you and Kate have any luck? And they're like, no, did you have any luck? And Rick's like, I checked everywhere. Let me guess. He's still in the house somewhere. So, Edward's like, did you check the places that he wasn't when he, or that he was, when he wasn't missing? And Rick's like, yeah, I even checked the places that I didn't check when he wasn't missing. Just Kate, of course, is getting worried. She's like, I get scared thinking of Brad out there alone and cold and hungry. And Edward's like, Brad hungry? It's like, yeah, he's got half the food in, uh, in the fridge in his stomach. That he's been carrying around. I don't think he's hungry. 
So Kate's like, Edward, you're not helping. He's like, no, I, I, I get it. Look, he, he, once he calms down, he'll come back. I'm guessing he hasn't even left. And the doorbell rings and Edward's like, see, let me guess. It's Brad's father. Yes, yeah, Sergeant Tolan, the kid we're looking for is about 16. He has sort of messy brown hair and he's wearing an old T-shirt that says brain dead. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and he's got a, a hole in his jeans. And, uh, oh yeah, he's wearing three earrings. No, all in one ear. What do you mean, why do we want him back? Look, Sergeant, I happen to be a very important taxpayer, and I... Hello? Well, what did the police say? Call back in 24 hours. You have any luck? No, he's not in the guest house, and he's not in the greenhouse. Did you check the tool shed? Oh, well, he wouldn't go in there. Full of spiders. <laughs> Did you guys have any luck? No. Oh, me neither. Dad, Kate, I looked everywhere. Did you check all the places I told you to check when we thought Brad was missing and he wasn't missing? Dad, I checked everywhere, including the places I didn't check when he wasn't missing. Let's say we didn't check. Edward, I'm really starting to worry. I get scared thinking of Brad out there all alone and tired and hungry. Brad hungry? So, I'm guessing Edward and Kate didn't know Brad's last name. Because when Ricky answers the door, it's like, hey, Mr. Langford. And the guy's like, hey, kid, how you doing? He just seems like he's really a jovial guy, but also kind of a, a creep. But Rick has to tell Kate and Edward, like, this is Mr. Langton, or Langford. <laughs> It's Brad's father. Like, oh, crap. Because as far as they know, Brad is still missing. So it's like, we don't want to tell him we lost your kid. So Mr. Langford is all like, wow, Brad said your dad was loaded. <laughs> and Edward's like, hey, I'm Rick's old man. And this is his. And Kate's like, do not say it. And it's like, this is his stepmother, Kate. And Mr. Langford actually says, my friends call me, or I'm Danny, but my friends call me Slick, which he has to tell Kate to call him Slick, but went towards the end of the episode, he's kind of like, oh, he doesn't, like, after Edward calls him Danny, doesn't say, oh, I'm a, uh, Slick. No. I don't know why he thinks like, that's supposed to impress Kate, or I don't know. So, Rick makes himself scared. like, hey, Dan, I'm going to go upstairs and make a few phone calls, like, trying to find Brad somewhere. So, it's like, you guys kind of, like, distract him while I try to find Brad. <laughs> I don't see why she has to keep calling you Slick. And he keeps... Dan, I'm just going to keep calling him Danny. Danny is like, wow, no wonder toys are overpriced if you got to, you know, afford a place like this or shell out for a place like this. And it's like, oh. Sure. And the guy is just, like, looking at this red, like, vase-type thing that's behind the couch and just kind of fingering stuff, touching stuff. Like, oh, he grabs an apple off the, in the, from the fruit bowl on the coffee table. It, it takes a bite and puts it back. I'm like, well, now we know why where Brad gets his disgusting habits from. And Edward is, Danny is looking at this red vase thing. <laughs> It's like, uh, about Brad, and Danny's like, who? And it's like, your son? 
And Dan is like, oh, yeah, sure, my son. What's he done now? Because he clearly thinks, you know, his son is a, a goof, like a knucklehead, a klutzo. And they're like, oh, nothing. He's done nothing. And Danny's like, I find that hard to believe. So Kate's like, well, we were just going to call you in Chicago. I thought you were contesting the will. Says, oh, yeah, good old Aunt Eileen. Tried to pull a fast one, but I told her I'd sue her buns off if we didn't just proceed. But it's like, the guy's dead. He's dead. Let's move on. And basically, this, with, with the loot and everything. And I'm like, I thought this was Brad's uncle. I, I don't know what, unless, unless this was Brad's great uncle. So it's Danny's uncle and then Aunt whatever her name is, I've forgotten already, must be the wife. He threatened to sue her buns off. Really? He's got that kind of money? I mean, this guy looks like he's a shyster. That he's taking advantage of people. I can see where Brad gets... Well, Brad doesn't necessarily really so much just take advantage of... It's more like he's deep down got a good heart, but he's got a weird way of just, like, I guess so you could say taking advantage of people and not really knowing it. And it was like, oh, yeah, nice how families pull together like that. Okay, so then Brad's father is a lawyer of sorts or something because he's like, well, they all wanted me to go easy because everyone's in mourning. And he's, he told him like, hey, what's the big deal? If you're dead, you're dead. That's life. And now let's divvy up the loot. Like, ugh. That is scary. Oh, honey, I'm just as worried as you are, but I can't help feeling once he calms down, he's just going to come back. See? Oh, I bet that's Brad's father. Oh, boy. Dumb. Mr. Langford, what a surprise. Hiya, kid. Dad, Kate, Mr. Langford, Brad's father is here. Wow. Brad told me your old man was loaded, but this. Oh, <laughs> uh, hi. I'm Rick's old man, and this is his... Don't say it. Yeah, no, I... <laughs> Stepmother. I'm Danny. My friends call me Slick. Dad, I'm gonna go upstairs and make a few phone yes, calls. Yes, son, good idea. You do that. Yeah. Uh, please, come on in, Mr. Lang. Uh-uh-uh. Slick. 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 Yeah. No wonder toys are so overpriced. Well, you have to shell out for a place like this. <laughs> Listen, about Brad. Who? Your son. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. What's he done now? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of find that hard to believe. Uh, you know, Mr. Langford. Uh, slick. <laughs> um, we were just about to call you in Chicago. We thought you were contesting the will. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, good old Ann Arlene tried to pull a fast one. You know, but I threatened to sue her buns off, so she backed down. <laughs> nice how families pull together at a time like that. You know, they wanted me to go easy because everybody was still in mourning. And I said, what's the big deal? If you're dead, you're dead. That's life. Now let's divvy up the loot. <laughs> so Rick's on the phone in his bedroom calling Alfonso and letting him know that Brad is missing. Then there's a pause and Rick says, yes, again. So apparently Alfonso starts laughing on the other end. Because Rick tells him it's not funny, Okay. And Rick actually sticks up for Brad. He says, you know, Brad may not be perfect. Yeah, he's annoying and a pain in the butt, but he's a human being. 
Alfonso, stop laughing. <laughs> it's like you're laughing again. It's like, yeah. The fact that you call Brad a human being, I mean, uh, it's a bit of a stretch. But hey, at least now that we've met his father, we have a great indication where Brad gets 99% of his habits. And, yeah, Ricky's just, he's really sticking up for Brad. He's like, come on, Alfonso, he's my friend. Will you quit? I'm surprised he didn't say, Alfonso, Brad's your friend too. I thought they were all friends. They're not all friends? Rick hangs up the phone and we hear, thanks, from somewhere in Rick's room. And Rick, of course, is looking towards his bathroom, well, the bathroom area is behind him. He's not looking at the closet, but then again, at first I didn't think he was in the closet either. It's not like he was going to pop up in the window. Because Rick's like looking at her, he's sitting in his chair at his table and kind of looking around like, who said that? And Rick says, what? And now we know Brad is in the closet, as Brad says, for sticking up for me. So Rick goes over to his double closet doors, opens them, and then moves his clothes out of the way. And Brad's like, you found me. I'm thinking, I, didn't I say, guys, didn't I say he was most likely somewhere in the house that he never left? He didn't, because he's right there in Rick's closet. Good grief, he's been there a while. Well, probably as soon as he heard them leave, the good get. Oh, they're back. I'm going to go hide in the closet. He wasn't in the closet for hours, I'm sure. And Rick tells Brad, like, Brad, this is a stupid place to hide. And Brad says, it worked, didn't it? I'm like, yeah, you guys didn't find him. So... I wouldn't say the closet's that stupid of a place to find. You should have scoured your bedroom and you didn't. You went to all the places that he wasn't. You didn't check the most obvious place. Your bedroom. So Rick apologizes to Brad about the things he said in the kitchen. He's like, I didn't mean them. And Brad, of course, still hurt. He's like, but then why did you say them? Rick admits, you know, because I was angry. No. Rick, you know, I was mad, and when people get mad, they say things they don't mean. And dumb, dumb Brad turns to Rick and says, "What do you mean? Oh my gosh!" But Rick tells him, "Look, we were worried sick about you. We looked all over town for you, me, and my dad and stepmother. Like we all, we scoured the city for hours looking for you." And Brad is so impressed. He, you did. Where? Like, oh, good grief. So, a typical teenage hangouts, you know, move, movie houses? You can't tell me that's what you guys were calling them back in 1986. When, you know, the teenagers of 1986. You called them move. We just said movie. We're going to the movies. We didn't call movie house. If anything, we called it a movie theater. Um, okay, a movie house. You want to know what I think when I hear movie house? I think of one of those old-timey, you know, back in the 50s type of movie houses. Something like that that has, you know, the balcony and all that stuff. Velvet seats, curtains on either side of the screen. That's what I think of when I think of movie house. Oh, he also says he also, I also looked at the arcades. 
Not once does he mention going to Burgers and looking there. And Brad asks Rick, like, why'd you go to all that trouble? And Rick tells him, because we care about you. And then Rick calls him a moron. You moron. Like, oh, getting we're, we're guys. We can't get too sentimental here. And Brad is kind of quiet for a minute. He's like, there you go. Call me names again. Of course, they're guys. They do the little slapping. <laughs> Just messing with you. So, Rick tells Brad, look, man, the next time you spend the night, and I'm thinking, there's going to be a next time? <laughs> and Brad admits, like, yeah, no, I know, I got out of hand. So, like, I did a lot of dumb things, like ruining Kate's sweater and throwing your dad's papers away and breaking your Walkman. And Rick's like, oh, it's not a big, you broke my Walkman? And I'm thinking, how do you break a Walkman? Did he, like, push the fast forward or rewind button down too hard because that can kind of mess things up. Oh, he says it still works if you jiggle it. Did he drop it then? So, Rick tells Brad his dad is here. <laughs> Rick gets at last. <laughs> okay, so that, now they're uh, getting Brad all ready to go and packed and everything and we do see a cot with a yellow foamy mattress. It's really not that great. It looks like the type of stuff like that would be in your couch. That same type of foam. At first I thought it was like an air mattress because it was like really low to the ground. But yeah, it's one of those old folding cots. So I'm glad I caught you at home. Listen, Brad is missing. Yes, again. Alfonso, it's not funny. <laughs> Look, Brad may not be perfect. He is annoying and a real pain in the butt, but he is a human being. You're laughing again. <laughs> Come on, Alfonso. He's my friend. Would you quit it? Thanks. He, he was there the whole freaking time. Is he in what? the closet? For sticking up for me. Ugh. <sighs> You gotta be joking. Brad? <coughs> you found me. Brad, this is a stupid place to hide. It worked, didn't it? Look, Brad, I apologize for those things I said in the kitchen. I didn't mean them. Then why'd you say them? Because I was mad. And when people get mad, they say things they don't always mean. What do you mean? sick about you. We looked all over town for you. You did? Where? The movie houses, the arcade, the mall. Hey, why'd you go through all that trouble? Because we care about you, you moron. <laughs> See, there you go, calling me names again. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, the next time you spend the night... I know, I know. I got out of line. I did a lot of dumb things, like, you know, ruining Kate's sweater and Throwing away your dad's papers and breaking your Walkman. Brad, those papers. <laughs> Break a Walkman. You broke my Walkman? <laughs> well, it works if you jiggle it. What do you do? Um, Brad, your dad is here. At last. At last, yeah. Come on, help me pack. Right. So we learn that Brad's dad is kind of a shyster. The fact that he's even balking about the $4 price of a headset 
It's like, I can't believe the stewardess tried to get charge me $4 for the headset. But he mentions how he slipped it in his pocket so that way he can use it on the flight back. I think he's kind of a cheapskate. <laughs> you know what? I'm getting Uncle Frank vibes. You know, Uncle Frank from Home Alone and Home Alone 2. I'm getting those kind of vibes from this guy. Oh, they actually had beer there for him. I love how Kate's like, oh, we'll keep that in mind. Like, the next time we're ever on a flight and want to use headphones that have been in someone else's ears. So, Edward tries to steer the conversation back to Brad. He's like, well, getting back to what I was talking about, about Brad, and here comes Brad and Rick down the stairs, and Brad's got his duffel bag full of clothes and whatnot. And Edward's like, you see, Brad is... And he turns his head, he's like, here, Brad, Brad, Brad! <laughs> and both he and Kate jump up, and they're just so glad to see him. And you can just see the look of confusion on Brad's father's face, like, what? Because Brad's father kind of bends down to Rick and is like, what are this, the Waltons? Now, I've seen some of Three's Company, because Jeremy has the entire series on DVD, and every, like five years or six years he'll go and rewatch the series again and it, this guy's giving me he's definitely giving me larry vibes he is definitely giving me larry vibes but you know it's kind of coincidental this guy here also was in the fourth season of punky brewster and that horrible christmas episode and he wasn't a jerk well, he wasn't really a jerk. <laughs> Edward is like, got Brad by the shoulders, like, oh, are we glad to see you? It's like, yeah, because you probably didn't want his dad to, like, sue you or something. Just like he was going to sue his aunt. So Kate does apologize for her and Edward, like, we're really sorry about the things we said. And Brad's like, ah, it's okay. We all get thoughtless and insensitive at times think he'd be talking about himself but he's not <laughs> I mean in this case I mean it's kind of deserved I mean they really shouldn't have said anything unless he was actually out of the house so Brad and his father really like each other like hey kid and Brad's like hey pop and his dad brought him back some playing cards and Brad's like American Airlines. Like, he's really, really impressed. They can't... Well, depending on where he... What, I don't think they're giving out free playing cards on the plane. They charge you $4 for the headset. Damn, I mean, this is 1986 compared to 2020 where... I mean, you can buy stuff. Like, I mean, if you look at the Sky Mall magazine and... You can buy food and stuff, but it's expensive as heck. I mean, they give you choice of those little cookies, which if you like them so much, and which I thought they're really good, you can actually find them in stores, which is all. You can even get the chocolate cover, like the bottom of the cookie is covered in chocolate. It's really, really good. Um, or you can have peanuts. Or you can have a little bag of stale pretzels, because it seems like when I get them, like these are stale. Maybe that's just their taste. I don't know. And you get a little cup of pop, juice, water. Apparently they got alcohol too. That, of course, costs. You don't get that for free. I usually would just get a Diet Coke. 
Brad's like, oh, thanks, Dad. And it says, like, hey, give me five. And, of course, he does the pull your hand out at the last minute. <laughs> oh, they got a great father-son relationship. Good for them. They're two peas in a pod. So, Brad's father says, hey, thanks for letting my son stay here. Hopefully he wasn't too much trouble. And, of course, Edward and Kate are all like, well, I'm... It, and Edward just kind of sums it up. You know, it's like at times he wasn't even here. Which, in a way, the first time, I think he'd been there the whole time. The second time, he technically had been there the whole time. But you just couldn't find him because your house is so huge. And you didn't look in the obvious places. Like Rick's bedroom closet. We hear a horn honking. And Kate assumes it's like, your oh, your cab's here. And... Brad's father's like, oh no, that's my wife. And they look at him like he's the most evil person in the world. As they say, you left your wife in the car? And Brad's father's like, well, I have the windows down. And he's like, hey, Brad, go grab a banana for your mom. I'm like, what? No, this guy's a major creep. I can see where Brad also treats girls the way he does based on his father's relationship. That is an un healthy relationship. That is not a good thing. <laughs> Basically, he's treating her like, the way he's talking about her is like, talking about her like she's a dog or something. Like, oh, I left the windows down. And, well, when Kate's like, oh, that must be your cab. And he's like, oh, no, it's just the wife. The wife? Really? <laughs> and he yells, keep your shirt on, I'm coming. <sighs> oh my gosh. Maybe she gives as good as he gets, you know, as far as the relationship, like, she don't put up with no guff. That's why she's honking the horn in anger. And Kate can't believe it. She's like, your wife has been in the car this whole time? And Brad's father's like, oh, I left the windows open. Like, oh, you jerk! And this is where Brad's father has Brad, like, hey, kid, take a banana to your mother. Oh my god. So Brad's like, hey, thanks, Rick. You're a real friend. And Rick's like, ah, no sweat. That's what friends are for. Here, let me help you with your bag. Just to make sure that you're actually leaving this time. Oh, as they head to the door, Brad's like, oh, you don't gotta walk me out. And Rick's like, oh, I'm not. I'm just making sure you're really leaving. <laughs> so, Edward shakes Danny's hand again and says, it sure was a pleasure to meet you. And Danny's like, well, thanks for watching the kid. And Kate, of course, maybe shouldn't have said that. She's like, oh, any time. Because Danny says, oh, you really mean that? It's like, uh, sure. He mentions how he and his wife are planning a little anniversary trip next month. And that he'll keep them in mind. And Edward's like, oh, we'll be looking forward to that. Give us a call. And as Brad's father shuts the door, Edward goes over to the phone. And he's like, hey, I'd like to get my number changed. And that's how the episode ends. <laughs> of course, before he makes that phone call, as soon as Brad's father shuts the door, Kate is like, give us a call? Have you lost your mind? Because he's on the phone. He's like, hello, operator. Who do I talk to to get my number changed? <laughs> I kind of wonder back in 1986, like, how hard it was to get your number changed. Like, do you have to have a viable reason? Like, oh, somebody's harassing you? 
or you're fearing for your life or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, Not only car. that, on the flight to Chicago, the stewardess charged me $4 for the headset. The nerve of her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it comes out to two bucks if you slip it into your pocket and use it on the way back. Yeah. We'll keep that in mind. <laughs> well, getting back to uh, what I was talking about, about Brad, uh, you see, Brad is... Right there. <laughs> He's right there. Oh, oh Brad, oh. sweetheart, you're here. <laughs> we're what is this, the Waltons? <laughs> we're glad to see you. Yeah. We're really sorry yeah, about your the things we said. Hey, that's okay, Mrs. S. We all get thoughtless and insensitive at times. <laughs> hey, kid. Hey, 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 Pop. <laughs> I brought you a little something back from Chicago. Some playing cards. Wow. American Airlines. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. You give me five. <laughs> he kills me. <laughs> I want to thank you for letting him stay here. He wasn't too much trouble, was he? Trouble? Well, uh, at times no. it was like he wasn't even here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that must be your cab. That's uh, just the wife. Keep your shirt on, I'm coming! Your wife has been in the car all this time? I left the windows open. <laughs> Ouch! Kid, take a banana to your mother. Hey man, thanks. You're a real friend. Nah, don't worry about it. Look, let me take this for you. Hey, you don't have to walk me out. I'm not. I just want to make sure that you're really leaving. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Bye Brad. Well, <laughs> it was certainly a pleasure to meet you at last, Danny. Oh, yeah, sure. Listen, thanks for keeping an eye on the kid. Oh, anytime. Really? Oh, no. My wife and I are planning a little anniversary trip next month. I'll keep you in mind. Oh. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. Give us a call. All right. <laughs> Give us a call? Have you lost your mind? Hello, operator. Yes, who do I talk to to have our number changed? <laughs> so, I gotta say, for this episode, I know, as you heard me say, you know, I'm dreading this episode. I know I'm gonna hate it. I did not hate it. I thought it was pretty decent. I just, you know, you know how much I don't like Brad, but this area, or this area, this episode, I don't even want to say 100% humanized him, but after Rick and Edward and Kate talking trash about him kind of made me feel for... I mean, Brad didn't mean... I don't know. That's just how Brad is. He... We see clearly who he gets it from. That's how he was raised. Not meaning to take advantage and stuff, but that's just how he comes across. So, for the... Ra for the <sighs> I don't know why I'm yawning. It's like 11.40 in the morning. <laughs> it's getting near my lunchtime, even though I like just had breakfast. I, I usually have, like, a cup of milk and those little Edamons um, mini muffins, the pumpkin muffins around this time of year. So, um, if you're looking for a breakfast suggestion, there you go. Let's see, the rating for the Toy Train rating for this episode. 
give it I'm gonna give it an average three out of five. I didn't hate this episode. I mean Brad was a nuisance, but he wasn't a horrible person. He was just making you know, he was doing their laundry even though they didn't ask. Yes, he made a mistake. He cleaned up. Yes, he put Edward's important papers in the library. He probably shouldn't have been in there. But if you wanted to roam off limits, lock the door, say, I don't want you in the library that's off limits. And he would have respected that. But the fact that he was helping out, like, hey, you know, I'm staying here. I should be helping out because I'm eating all your food. But he, I, I would even go so far... In this episode, guys, this doesn't apply to him in the any previous episodes or episodes left of season five going forward. He did seem a bit in he endeared himself to me just a little, a small fraction. Some of the jokes I thought were funny, the fact that Brett was wearing Rick's clothes, and Rick's like, take my pants off right now, take my clothes off right now, and Brett starts to undress, like, not here. Um, I also like the one where <laughs> they're upstairs, and Rick's trying to get sleep, and Brett's like, hey, Letterman's on fire tonight, and <laughs> Rick's saying, well, he has, he... He can be. I mean, he doesn't have to get up at 6 a.m. for school. I thought that was a good joke. You know, and those are kind of my moments. Um, the moments I didn't like, I definitely didn't like Brad's father. I definitely did just, I just didn't like him. Um, let's see. One thing that irritated me, it wasn't so much that they were talking trash about Brad because they are irritated, but Edward flat out calling Brad an idiot. Like, oh, any idiot can see what papers are important and what's garbage. You left him on the dang floor, man. No one's leaving because he's like, oh, it's for the printer. It's like, why are you leaving him on the floor then? Because I know he probably had to put them in order and stuff. It's like, that's on you, man. You should have made sure that stuff was picked up and by your printer not just scatter on the floor, probably lined out exactly how you wanted it. I mean, if you'd gotten that done, then why is the stuff still on the floor? Or maybe he was still organizing it and rearranging it how it needed to be. Then that's on you. You lock the library doors if you can. You tell Brad to stay out of there. You tell Rick to stay out of there. Just don't touch anything. Then that's on you. Brad was trying to do a good thing. He was like, hey, I'm eating all your food. I'm staying here. I want to kind of help out. But Edward did not have to go. And granted, they didn't know that Brad was there. It's common trope of TV shows. Whenever you're saying, you know, talking bad about somebody that's staying at your house, it always seems like, oh, they heard you. Because they're standing right there behind you. But yeah, the two points I'm knocking off, of course, Brad's father couldn't stand him. He's like an older, creepier version of Brad. And just Edward's comments about... He's just calling Brad an idiot. I mean, it's one thing for Rick to do it because they're the same age. But Edward's an adult. And he's a well-respected adult. I mean, and this is like... 
this is Brad's friend's father who let him stay in the first place and now he's calling him an idiot? I get, you know, Rick saying that it's like, uh, you know, we were angry. When you're angry, you say things. When you're mad, you say things you don't mean. Which, it's true, but even still. If someone's in your house and you want to air your grievances or unload, wait till they're out of the house so they don't overhear you. Silver Spoonful. This is going to be for those of you that have, you know, been a house guest or are going to be a house guest in the future. Guys, if you're grown adults, you know your manners. You're in someone else's home. Use your manners. Be polite. Pick up after yourself. Don't eat all their food. Just be respectable. And just treat them as how you would hope that if you were housing a house guest that you would want them to treat you and be respectful in your home. That's it's, It's that simple. We're not children anymore. I mean, I don't know if kids listen to this podcast because it is a clean podcast, but it's just like, honestly, or even for kids, guys, come on. Be respectful if you're in someone else's house. Don't, don't make a mess. Just, yeah. If you want to be invited back, be on your best behavior. Alright. So, the next episode. Let's talk about Band on the Run. As I said, Synopsis, Season 5, Episode 5, aired on February 16th, 1980. It's two days after Valentine's Day. Okay. Alfonso quits Rick's band when they refuse to take his girlfriend's suggestions. Here's a question. Is the girlfriend in the band? She's not. Oh, great. Well, you know what? Her suggestions are merely suggestions. This must be a new girl for Alfonso. Oh, actually, no. Let me think about it. Let me... So, Alfonso was not physically in the episode, but Rick talked to him on the phone, so that's why his name appears on IMDb in the credits. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Alright, so, let's see. Who do we get? We got quite a few. We got quite a few guest stars. Of course, we got Brad. We got someone named Brad Keston, who plays someone named Bobby who looks like he voiced Charlie Brown at one point in one of those... The Charlie Brown and Snoopy show. Day by day. Family ties. So he's kind of a one-note person. Been in, Oh, looks like he's uh, been in a few of those Charlie Brown specials. You can't... This dang guy? Oh, really? Granted, this is four years earlier. This kid, this Bobby guy, was in... Or Brad guy, excuse me. Was in an episode of Different Strokes. A real pain in the butt. Yeah, I remember this episode. Because he was picking on Arnold. In the episode, Push Comes to to Shove. That's the thing I noticed about Different Strokes. It was eight seasons long. How many landlords did it go through? I'd say quite a few. We got somebody named Martika playing a girl named Kiki. Is she a musician? It looks like it. She's a musician. Because she's got like soundtrack credits on here. 
Uh, Scream Queens, Car Share, don't know what that is. Goldbergs, let's see, Simpsons, performer, writer. Um, oh, she she was a singer of Toy Soldiers? This lady, um, I know that song. I think that song is, uh, I, I've never heard of Cross My Heart. Maybe I have if I hear it, but. I'm like, Toy Soldiers, I love that song. I do. Okay, so we have Susan Sandals, Mrs. Rogers. Is she a neighbor? Is she a teacher? Alex Yurubi? Playing somebody named Cubby? When I hear the name Cubby, who do I think of? I think of Gummy Bears, Little Cubby, or... Wasn't that polar bear in the movie Alaska with Thora Birch and Vincent Carthizer? Wasn't he also named Cubby? Because he was a polar bear cub? We also have Paxton Whitehead playing Charles Sinclair. This guy looks familiar. Oh, he was in Baby Boom. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't help me. Let's see. What else? This guy, he just, he looks familiar. Like, I would know him from... Something. Harvey. Oh! Oh! Oh my! Okay. Yes! I remember. Yep. Yep. I remember. I'm sure I've seen him in something. Oh, he was in Dinosaurs. Do you know there's a TV show after the movie Baby Boom? Which is kind of funny because there's also a TV show called Baby Talk that was similar to... The Look Who's Talking show. And it's kind of funny that they used the baby from the movie Baby Boom in the television series. Wow, the television series lasted 13 episodes, not quite a full season. This episode was directed by Art Dalehan, writers David W. Duclan, the creator. We got Ron Levitt, Michael G. Moy, written by George Tricker, Neil Rosen, Martin Cohen, Howard Leeds, and Ben Starr. At a 6.5 rating out of 10 based on 15 ratings. There's no trivia. Isn't there a song? I swear there's a song called Band on the Run. There's gotta be. I, it's Band on the Run. Song. It's a song by Paul McCartney and Wings. Okay. Let's see if I can find it on YouTube. On the YouTube. Let's see. The run. Here we go. Let's see. Okay, let's get into Band on the Run. Alright, we come out of the intro and right away there's music. We got Brad, we got Rick. We got Alfonso all on guitars. We got someone in the back on drums. We got someone on the keyboards. You know, they got that guest house. They could just move all that music stuff, equipment, out to that guest house and just play out there. That way they're not in the house. Because I can imagine this has got to be getting on Edward's nerves, Kate's nerves. I mean, the kids are out of school, so it's got to be about, what, 4 o'clock? Are they writing their own songs, or are they just playing covers of songs? And I gotta kind of ask, like, did any of them, are any of them actually really playing the guitar? Or are they just kind of 
strumming in time. Well, Brad's got to get that that ending solo there, that guitar solo. And Rick's shouting at him, Brad! 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 The song's over! <laughs> Rick's like, what are you what are you doing? And Brad says, I was flying. Like, uh-huh. In Brad's mind, he was on stage. In a real rock band, on stage. Like, whoever his favorite musician is. So Rick's like, hey, Brad, when you're flying, do you mind flying with the rest of the band and, like, ending a song when we end the song? Because if we can't finish out a song together, we have no way of winning Battle of the Bands. So Brad tells Rick to relax, like, hey, we're a cinch, we got great, a great sound, great songs, and best of all, we got me. Alfonso and whoever the guy on the keyboard is toss a blue solo plastic cups at his head, at Brad's head. Like, <laughs> is it just me, or is Alfonso Ribeiro sounding more and more like Carlton each episode? as his voice is pretty much broken and changed into Carlton instead of Alfonso Spears. Because his voice went from Alfonso Spears to Carlton Banks. You can definitely hear. I mean, this is 1986. Didn't Fresh Prince start in 1990? I just looked it up. It did start in 90 to 96. Alfonso says, look, we got a bigger problem than Brad, okay? Our song here, our opening song that we're going to open with, is not great. He says the opening song just doesn't cut it. And Rick's like, well, what's wrong with it? Alfonso tells him, well, it stinks. So they're writing their own songs? Because he said we have great songs. I'm like, well, did you write those songs or did are you playing covers? So Alfonso wants them to sing a song that really makes the audience sit up and take notice and really grabs their attention. And Alfonso mentions the song Heart of Stone. Now I know a song called Heart of Stone that's by Cher, but is there another song called Heart of Stone by another artist? Okay, I did look it up. There is another song called Heart of Stone by Rolling Stones. I'm kind of wondering if maybe that is a song that... Alfonso's referring to. Okay, Taylor Dane. I've heard of her. And okay, so I I this the sound the song Heart of Stone does sound familiar. Like I've I feel like I've definitely heard it at one point growing up. Just looking up on YouTube, there are like probably under ten different songs with the title Heart of Stone. So Brad and Alfonso are, are kind of getting into it on what song they should open with. Brad doesn't feel like um, an untested, clumsy opener type of song would work for this contest. And Rick even says, hey, we're a band. We're, why don't we? We're all members. Let's just take a vote. So Alfonso pretty much just drops it. The group doesn't take a vote on what song to do. He's like, I gotta get out of here, I got a date. And Alfon- uh, Rick's like, wait, no, Alfonso, we still got a lot of rehearsing to do. And Alfonso says, I have a date with Kiki. As in, the person playing Kiki sings the song Toy Soldiers. Is she gonna sing in the band? And Rick tells him, like, again, you skipped out of rehearsal yesterday early to be with her. And Alfonso's like, yeah, I know. 
it was worth it. Rick tells him, all right, Alfonso, what's more important, our group or a woman? And Alfonso just looks at him and Rick's like, oh, all right, have a good time. What are you doing? I was flying. <laughs> well, would you mind flying with the rest of the formation? Grant, if we can't finish a song together, there's no way we're gonna win the battle of the bands. Hey, relax, we're a cinch. Hey, we got a hot sound, good songs, and most important, me. <laughs> Look, I think we have an even bigger problem than Brad. Well, what do you mean? Well, the opening song just doesn't cut it. Well, what's wrong with it? Well, for one thing, it stinks. And, uh, you have a better suggestion? Yeah. I think we should open up with something that really grabs them. Makes them sit up and notice. Like Heart of Stone. You sing that song. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, guys. That's not a bad idea. Look, why don't we vote on it? Yeah, all right, all right. All in favor of replacing a never-fail opener with a weak untested, clumsy ballad that nobody understands. Okay, okay, forget it. I gotta get out of here. What? No, no, no. Alfonso, we have more rehearsing to do. Well, I got a date with Kiki. Again, you know, you skipped out early yesterday to be with her. I know. And it was worth it. <laughs> Come on, Alfonso, what's more important, our group or a woman? Have a good time. looks like it's later that evening and Edward's like oh he's coming down the stairs like oh honey it smells great what are you making and she says prime rib I'm like oh oh prime rib right up there with steak I love them both I don't know if you, you remember Quiznos subs I don't know how many there are around anymore but they used to have I don't know if they still do. I don't know if they really do anymore because I've checked menus. I didn't never see it up there. Prime rib and peppercorn sub. Ha ha ha. Oh, I miss it. It was so good. I'm going to bathroom issues later, but it was so good. <laughs> I loved it. I'm going to look it up right now. I wonder if they have any here in Texas. But I'm sure Jeremy doesn't want to drive three hours to eat at a Quiznos. I mean, I like Subway and stuff. I always kind of have, but I recently had it, and I'm just like, uh... Does anyone remember Blimpy Subs? When I used to work at the video store, there was one, like, right across the way. Like, walking, like, 25 feet away from the video store. Oh sweet, they have one nearby. It's only six miles away and it's currently open. I mean, I'm not going there, but uh, maybe I can convince Jeremy. Oh, it depends if they got the prime rib and peppercorn. Probably don't. I mean, that was way, like, it was like 2005 the last time I probably, 
No, wait, no, I'm d- okay, it was probably 2007, maybe? Uh, when Jeremy had had an interview in Ohio before he ended up getting the job, you know, in Michigan, um, we went out there for a job interview in Ohio. I went with him because I had the day off, and we stopped at a Quiznos. That might have been the last time I had it. I can't remember. I guess the close they must not have it anymore. It says that as far as steak, they have the peppercorn steak, so that's probably about as Black Angus Steakhouse, so that's probably about as close to a prime rib and peppercorn sub as I'm going to get. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like steak, like when it, like even when it comes to Subway, it's just like, it's not appealing looking, tasting either, but alright, let's get back to what Kate's making. She's making what looks like a layer cake. She must be having an important event coming up, or she just likes cooking for her husband and stepson. She's frosting a cake. Coconut icing. I could get into coconut icing. Jeremy hates coconut, but I think it's pretty good. Speaking of coconut, what do you like better? The Almond Joy or the Mounds Bar? Mounds Bar, I think, has dark chocolate, where Almond Joy has, of course, an almond and milk chocolate. I mean, I like the Mounds Bar, too, but... So, he wants to, of course, lick the bowl. He's like, oh, I'll get my own. He thinks it's coconut frosting, sticks his finger in this white goop. I don't know what it is. She's like, no, Edward, don't. Whatever it is, it is some hot, hot stuff. Because immediately he starts <laughs> fanning his mouth like that's going to cool it down. <laughs> yes, they always say, when you eat something hot, don't go for water, drink milk, or eat bread. Apparently that was a horseradish that he dipped his finger into. The horseradish for the prime rib. No, I want prime rib. I want prime rib. I gotta, I gotta, I still gotta decide what we're gonna do, Jeremy and I are gonna do for Thanksgiving this year because this is the first time that we're gonna be by ourselves. And I just, I mean, the two of us are not gonna want a big giant turkey. Not to mention, living in an apartment, it's not like we have that big freezer like when we lived in the house. So it's like anything we get whether it be medium-sized or small, it's going to have to fit in the freezer. So we'll eventually have to make room for that. That's even if there'll be turkeys there by the time it gets closer to Thanksgiving. I, I just, I want something small. You know, it's just the two of us. We don't need a huge thing that's going to barely fit in the fridge with other stuff that we have in there and last forever. Smells good, huh? What's for dinner? Prime rib. Ooh-wee, ooh-wee, you must be expecting somebody My because... favorite, coconut icing. No, you don't. Okay. Yeah. I'll get my own. <laughs> no, Edward, don't. How is this radish really that spicy? I never, I don't think I've ever had it before. That was oh. the horseradish for the prime rib. Oh. You could have warned me. I hope the fire department. Oh, Charles, hi. Please, come on in. Hello, Kate. Oh. Edward. Well, Charles, I hope Rick's band didn't disturb you next door. I told him to keep it down. Well, actually, I rather enjoyed the music. It frightened all the pigeons off my lawn. Well, then it's a friendly visit. Actually, I've come to ask a favor. Well, anything for a neighbor. I have to dash out of town on business. Problems in the weapons industry. Peace breakout. 
how amusing. How about a soda? Uh, no, thanks. Uh, we're having problems with the new missile factory in Houston, and I was wondering if you could look after my orchid plants. Sure, we ought to be able to handle your flowers. Your orchids. Prize-winning, priceless, irreplaceable orchids. Um, are you sure you want All those. them? Watch them. They probably kill we'll them. just put them in the greenhouse. Oh, I don't think Will and Maxie would like that. Who? A short for Wilsonara and Maxillare Orchidacea. Will and Maxie sounds good to me. They don't like to be left alone. They're used to being with me in the house. Well, we'll keep them with us in the house. I don't want to impose. Oh, it really wouldn't be a problem. Oh, I'm so pleased to hear you say that. Now, all you have to do is mist them four times a day, nourish them with plant food and vitamin compounds, keep the temperature and humidity stable, and check the soil for the proper pH balance. That is a lot of work. Like Kate said, <clears throat> no problem. Then I'll bring them over. You're writing oh, that stuff down. I'm sure they're going to like you. Oh. Doodaloo. Bye-bye. Edward, how do you tell when a plant doesn't like you? Oh, it's very subtle. They promise to call, but they never do. <laughs> okay, so Charles is the English-speaking neighbor, and... Edward immediately apologizes for Rick's band, like, I hope they didn't disturb you. And Charles was like, no, actually, matter of fact, I like it. The pigeons, it scared the pigeons away. And he mentions how he's got a thing in Houston that he's got to take care of. Something with missiles? Oh, they make jokes about his job, like, oh, uh problems with the weapon industry weapons industry or peace breakout you think no 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 there's something going on in Houston Texas something about missiles so he wants Edward and Kate to look after their or look after his orchid plants well there and, and Kate even mentioned well we could put him in the greenhouse and unfortunately that isn't gonna work he is very attached to these orchids. The, his names for them are... Oh, he even refers to them, says that they are pri priceless, prize-winning, so prize-winning, priceless, irreplaceable orchids. And he's got a laundry list of the proper care that they need. Oh, he also says they're irreplaceable. Gosh, you know who this makes me think of? Remember George Wilson from the 1993 Dennis the Menace movie played by Walter Matthau? And how, like, how many years? Over 40 years on the stupid dang plant that gives you one night of beauty for, like, a few measly seconds? Yeah, he's one of those, everybody. This guy is one of those. I'll just go and call him a flower fanatic. And Kate, of course, this is where she says, oh, we'll just put them in the greenhouse. And Charles says, no, I don't think Will and Maxine will like that. Or Will and Maxie? He says that's sure for Wilson and Maxie or Fidacia or something like that. I don't know. The way that he's describing these orchids... Makes it sound like he's talking about a dog or a cat. Like, well, they don't like to be left alone. They're used to being with me. They like to be in the house. So Edward's like, fine, we'll keep them with us in the house. And Kate's like, yeah, it's not a big deal. And Charles is like, well, I don't want to impose. 
then, of course, he brings on his laundry list of proper care. I'm just like, you should have made a list. You guys should have been writing it down. You're not going to remember all this. There's something about room temperature, checking the soil, you know, the pH balance, all that stuff. And that's probably stuff that has to be done at certain times of day. Like, you got to be on, like, a set schedule. My guess is these orchids are not going to make it to the end of the episode. They are going to be dead. I can imagine him also saying something like, oh, they don't like loud music, so you can't play loud music. Oh, you have to mist them, like, with a little sprayer four times a day. Oh, you have to also nourish them with... Nourish them with plant food and vitamin stuff. Oh, vitamin compounds. I don't know Jeff Diddley. See, this is why I would never be good at keeping a plant. Oh, also the temperature and humidity have to be stable as well. And the soil has to be checked for proper pH balance. Like I said, guys, a laundry list of stuff. Something should be written down. He should have already had this stuff written down. Or they should be taking notes. That is a lot of stuff to remember. That is more responsibility than I want. Granted, there's more than likely less responsibility than raising a dog. But still. Oh, I love how Kate brought the cake over to the table while she sat down to continue to frost it. So, okay... This isn't like they're having a guest over and it's like, hey, we're having prime rib. We're also having a coconut frosting covered cake. That's just, I want to eat at their house. I want to eat at their house. I want their prime rib. I want their coconut frosting cake. Their layered cake, mind you. I'm sorry. It's like going on one o'clock and I'm like hungry. My lunch is currently cooking in the oven right now. It's one of those DiGiorno stromboli three meat stromboli thingies. So that settles that. Charles stands up like, oh, I'm sure they're gonna like you. I hope his name is Charles because I've forgotten. I'm gonna feel bad if it's not. He's like, oh, I'm sure they're gonna like you. It's like, they're orchid, they're flowers. I didn't know that they had temperaments. That's interesting. I know that if you talk sweetly to a plant, supposedly that's supposed to be good for their help, health. If you, like, insult it and say horrible things, then I guess the plant, like, feels that and dies. Something. I saw that in an episode of Growing Pains once. So Charles leaves and Kate says to Edward, like, Edward, how do you know if a plant doesn't like you? And Edward says, oh, well, they promised to call, but never do. All right, so Charles brings in Will and Maxie, the orchids, and puts them on the table behind the couch. We see Edward's got a lot of, like, plant food, so, you know, all different types of stuff. (laughs) It's kind of like they're taking in a... A baby or a pet and just all the stuff that comes with it for watching. And (laughs) Edward makes a comment about how, you know, newborn or babies have less stuff than this. It's like, A, how will you know that? Because you weren't there when Rick was born. You didn't know him for the first 12 years of his life. And you don't have a kid. You don't have a baby. And Kate's never dealt with that either. And the lamp, of course, that Edward asked, you know, what's that about? And Charles says, oh, it's to keep them warm during the cold evenings. 
Okay, he did bring them a binder of how to take care of them, which, thank goodness. And Kate's reading like if it gets colder than 58 degrees, he kind of leans over her shoulder and says, bye-bye, buds. Like, yeah, they'll be dead. There's the spray bottle for the misting four times a day. And Charles says, hey, Edward, can you keep a secret? I think pretty soon... Wills and Max will be cross-germinating, as in uh, maybe in his realm making a baby of sorts. Kate's like, cross-germinating? Of course, Rick knows this because, you know, he takes biology. As he says, getting it on. <laughs> I love how Rick raises his eyebrows at that. And Charles tells them how the conditions have to be just right. And Edward's like, well, why don't you have... Will ask Maxine out on a candlelight dinner always works for me. <laughs> oh, you guys and your puns. And Rick mentions about a nice drive out to Inspiration Point. He doesn't have his license yet. Or maybe he does. I don't know. That could very well be that he's gotten it and we just never seen him get his license. That could have been an episode him getting his license. Edward looks at Rick like Excuse me? What now? <laughs> and Rick is like, uh, which has never worked for me. <laughs> yeah. So Kate comes over with the binder and says, well, looks like your instructions are very much complete. Is there anything else Edward needs to know as she plops the binder in Edward's hand? Like, I'm not having anything to do with this. This is all Edward. Like, all responsibility is now put on his shoulders about these plants. And Charles tells Kate, like, you want to talk to them. And they have plants in their house. I see plants in the background. They don't talk to those plants. They just water them. I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a green thumb. I don't I don't have a green thumb. I don't want to have a plant. It stresses me out. That's too much responsibility. Just like owning a goldfish. Too much responsibility. But you're like, but you have a cat. And I'm like, yeah. All I gotta do, feed water and clean out her toity. That's it. She does the rest. I mean, there is the added affection in the hugs, in the huggies. I give her the huggies. I pick her up and I hold her. And then I put her down when she gets irritated. But um, other than that, that's pretty much it. She and Jeremy have her... You know, their morning time, snuggle time together before he leaves for his job. So there's that. So Edward's like, oh, any particular subject? You know, movies, baseball, politics. He's like, hey, maybe they like to watch TV. Well, what about music, like classical music or something? I thought that's supposed to be good for plants. Oh, and he makes a leave it to beaver joke, but he says, leave it to beaver. And he and Kate crack up. Uh I'd be like, if you're not going to take this seriously, a funded neighbor, that will. You probably did go to the other neighbors and they're all like, we, we can't take care of plants. We don't want that responsibility. Edward brings up Roots, that miniseries. Because, you know, it's plant related. Like, oh my goodness. Rick, of course, gets in on it. He's like, happy daisies. <laughs> oh, please, with the... It seems like plot two or plot B is taking over for plot one, which that's fine by me. They are just on and on with these plant TV puns. Laferne and Shirley. Seriously. 
Pearls is looking at them like, my poor babies, my plant babies, they're going to be dead when I get back. I can clearly tell it's like you and neither of you are taking this seriously. <laughs> I'm really depending on you. Okay, he does actually say, you are going to take this seriously, and Edward immediately stops. Like, yes, yes we are. We are going to take this very seriously. Edward tells him, your orchids are in good hands. And of course, Charles says before he leaves, now remember you two, he's talking to his orchids, Will and Maxie. Now remember you two, you're guests here, so behave yourselves. And Katie's just amazed because Charles leaves and she's like, isn't it amazing just this devotion to plants? And Edward brings up the fact that, you know, we've lived next to this guy for years and we've just never seen the side of him before. And Rick's like, yeah, I didn't know he was a wacko either. <laughs> Edward takes a spray bottle and sprays Rick with it. Because <laughs> Rick is like on the couch right in front of that table with the orchids. You know, newborn babies require less equipment than this. How would you know, Edward? <laughs> What's the lamp for? Which is to keep them warm during the cool evenings. Ah. Well, according to your notes, if they get colder than 58 degrees, it's... Bye-bye, buds. <laughs> Can you keep a secret? Why not? We're keeping everything else. <laughs> I think Will and Maxie will soon be cross-germinating. Cross-germinating? Getting it on. <laughs> Course conditions will have to be just right. Well, why don't you have Will ask Maxie out for a candlelight dinner? Always work for me. <laughs> oh, nice drive out to Inspiration Point. <laughs> <laughs> Which has never worked for me. Yeah. Well, it looks like your instructions are quite complete. Is there anything else that Edward needs to know? <laughs> yes. Talk to them. Talk? Yes, plants love to be talked to. Oh, yeah, any particular subject? Baseball, movies, uh, politics? I mean, I'd like to watch TV. <laughs> Leaf at the beaver. <laughs> Roots. Happy daisies. Lafern <laughs> and Shirley. Lafern and Shirley. You are going to take this seriously. Yes, we are, Charles. Now, don't you worry. Your orchids are in good hands. Oh, thank you. Now, remember, you two, your guests here, so behave yourselves. Oh. <laughs> Cheerio. Bye-bye. Isn't it nice to see such devotion to a couple of plants? Yeah, we've lived next door to that guy for years. I never saw this side of him. Yeah. I didn't know he was a wacko either. So, looks like Alfonso's girlfriend is sitting front and center while the band is playing. And Alfonso, it's like they're singing a soft 80s rockish ballad. Just a soft ballad. And he's really, he doesn't have to work to impress his girlfriend because she's already into him. But it's almost like he's giving her a front row seat concert right in Rick's living room. Oh, Alfonso doing the moonwalk with the guitar. Did they move the plants? I'm concerned for the plants because I mean, they're not playing loud rock music. It's a nice soft ballad, but what if what if Will and Maxine don't or Maxie doesn't don't like the music? They could die. Their leaf parts could fall off. I guess Kiki's going to get a, a drink refill. 
Then she hops off her stool and saunters out of the room. So I love all the kids are there. They can just raid the fridge. I mean, Rick lives there, but you know, Kiki's going through the fridge. She says, Kate comes in. And I remember this would have been long before I had even thought of podcasting. This, you know, the episodes were actually on YouTube. And I there's a clip of a scene here on YouTube. And when this girl that I didn't know what her name was said, Hi, Mrs. Stratton. And at the time, I had no idea, like, oh, she's Mrs. Stratton, so she and Edward get married. Like, I had no clue. Because I might have seen some episodes of Silver Spoons and reruns, but I wasn't a, I mean, because the show started in 82 when I was born, and then it was over in 87 when I would have been, like, five, four or five, so I would have just been seeing some reruns. Like, this the, um... Rick's 16th birthday episode would have been one that was familiar to me in a rerun. I gotta say, when that refrigerator door, because it's a a, do- a, a two-sided one, and then when that back door opens, there's like mere inches of those two doors, like practically touching each other, the edges of the doors. So I take it um, Kate just came back from the market because she's got a brown paper sack and Kiki was helping herself to another soda. And Kate's like, oh, do you think the boys are ready for a snack? And Kiki says, no. I think they're ready for a baked snack. It's like, yeah, they're teenage boys. They have high metabolism. They'll eat that whole fridge. the con- All the contents of the fridge, even the condiments. And she does say that she's Alfonso's friend, so maybe they are, they're just, they're not exclusive yet. Oh, she's a sweet girl. She, oh, here, I'll help you put the groceries away. And Kate asks Kiki how long she's known Alfonso. And she says, oh, a long time. And I'm thinking like months, years. No, she says two weeks. It'll be two weeks tomorrow. I'm like, Ugh. oh, yes, teenager time. And teenager. Time, two weeks, is a long time. I mean, you're like, at that point, you're like halfway to the halfway point of it being a month. So dim is lonely hearts, I'm counting on your Come from? I'll give you a clue. It was Alfonso. <laughs> oh, hi. Hi, Mrs. Stratton. I'm Kiki, Alfonso's friend. Oh, nice to meet you. Well, do you think they're ready for a little snack? No, I think they're ready for a big snack. Yeah. I'll help you. All right. Here. So how long have you known Alfonso? A long time. It'll be two weeks tomorrow. <laughs> So I gotta say, Kiki's hair is, like, she's got some of it up, but it also, like, looking at the hair, it also looks like it's crimped, like she's got a crimper. When my sister actually, you know, being six years older than me, she was a teenager when I was, like, six. 
and seven. And she was always using like a crimping tool. Of course, Alfonso and Brad kind of get into it as Elf- Brad says, you know what? She shouldn't even be here. You know the rules. No chicks at rehearsal. And Alfonso gets in Brad's face like, oh, when ha- have we ever had that rule? And Brad's like, well, since she started showing up. And Rick, of course, has to jump in and break things up. It's like, guys, guys. And Rick's all about the music. Like, guys, can we kind of focus on the task at hand here, which is the music? Yeah, Brian and Alfonso are really getting into it here. It's like, hey, speak to lover boy here. I wasn't the one showing off for my girlfriend. Because he's like doing the moonwalk with the guitar while Kiki's sitting on that stool and just kind of like rubbing up against her and this and that. It's like, mm, she's not going to be in the band, so. Not to mention, I mean, if you're going to do this battle of the bands thing, you really don't want any interruptions or distractions. And clearly, she's a distraction for Alfonso. He's more for showing off for his girlfriend than taking this seriously. Now, Alfonso's like, I wasn't showing off. I was just doing my Michael Jackson. Yes, Alfonso, we did see the moonwalk. Very nice. Rick here is trying to be the peacekeeper because, you know, he's been in... I'm trying to think if he's been in a... It seems like he's in always in... Well, not always. The last time we saw him dealing with a band, he was managing the band. Well, I mean, it was a different band. And Brad is like, well, you didn't see me doing my Bruce Springsteen. That's right, because he's wearing a red bandana tied around his head with a sleeveless jean jacket. Like, the more you guys argue, the more you're not getting stuff done. And Alfonso's like, you don't do a good Bruce Springsteen. And then, of course, Kate comes in like, oh, snacks are ready. And we see the keyboarder and the drummer like, oh, food. Because they're teenage boys. Like, food, sustenance. So the guys except Alfonso head off to go into the kitchen and stuff their faces while Kiki comes over to Alfonso. So she compliments Alfonso, says, and she says, you know, I thought you sounded terrific. And when you're in front, the band really sounds better. And she, oh, she is really doling out the compliments because they've been together for almost two weeks. Saying that he's got the best voice. She also says he's got the best voice, the best moves. He does Michael Jackson better than Michael Jackson even does himself, does Michael Jackson. So she is the one who insisted that if you want to win Battle of the Bands, I ins- just like I insisted, you open with Heart of Stone. And Alfonso's like, yeah, well, the guys didn't go for that. So she basically wants him to assert himself in the band and to say, you're part of the band, you should make your voice heard. She is a manipulator, this girl! Because she's like, oh, that's because they're jealous. I'm like, girl, you are trying to pit him against his friends. That is cold. You've only known this guy for two weeks and you're already a problem. I really hope that he realizes that she is full on manipulating him at some point. And says, you know what? I have my friends. They're important to me. I'm not going to treat them like garbage. I hope this anyway. Alfonso's like, they are? Dude, what's with you, man? You get all mushy for a pretty face. And you're just going to swallow up everything she's throwing at you. 
And she's like, yeah, because you sound so good. Okay, she's getting a little ushy-gushy here. She's like, oh, when you sing this song, it makes my, it makes my heart throb. Oh, Alfonso. And she's like, yeah, I have to run. Kisses him on the cheek. That's Well, and the fact that he's she's getting him to, like, skip practice and not, I mean... He's already been bailing out on his friends for this. I don't like this Mickey or... What's her name? It's not... Is it Mickey? Nikki? I've already forgot her name. Mickey? Hold on. God, it's stupid. I get so dumb. Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Interesting. Okay, hold on. Let me find it. It's Mickey, right? God, I swear. Hold on. Oh, my God. What's her name? Kiki. Why did I say Mickey? Well, wait a minute. Isn't her actual name is Mickey? It's Martika. Martika. Oh, my gosh. I'm sorry, guys. I feel so dumb. Hey, she shouldn't even be here. You know the rule. No chicks at rehearsal. Well, since when did we have that rule? Since she started showing up. <laughs> guys, guys, come on, look. Can we get back to the music? Hey, speak to Loverboy here. I wasn't the one showing off. Hey, I wasn't showing off. Alfonso. I was just doing my Michael Jackson. <laughs> Alfonso. Hey, you didn't see me doing my Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> you don't do a good Springsteen. Alfonso. I don't do a good Springsteen. <laughs> Snacks are ready. Food. <laughs> Well, I'm glad I settled that. <laughs> I... Hey, I thought you were terrific. Yeah? When you're in front, the group sounds so much better. Really? You've got the best voice, the best moves, and you do Michael Jackson better than Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah? And like I told you before, if you want to win the Battle of the Bands, I think you should insist on opening with Heart of Stone. Yeah, well, uh, the guys didn't go for it. That's because they're jealous. They are? Manipulative yeah. wench. Because you sound so good. Hey, when you sing that song, it makes my heart throb. Ew. Yeah? Have to run. Ow. <laughs> so the guys come in with their drinks. They probably ate a whole bunch of food in the kitchen. And they see Alfonso on the drums. And Brad is like, oh great, he's a one-man band. You know, I gotta say real quick before the guys come in, Alfonso does that spin, and I'm like, he did that very well. He didn't hit any of the equipment, you know, the amps, the guitars that are sitting there, the wires on the floor, none of that. I was like, lower, like, oh gosh, with that spin, he's probably gonna, nope, he didn't. He's got coordination. So Rick asks where Kiki is, and Alfonso's like, ah, oh, she left, she left. And Brad's like, great, so you won't be jumping and up and down during the ballad. So Rick's still trying to be the peacekeeper between Brad and Alfonso. 
It's like, hey guys, we got a lot of work to do on that opening number. And this, of course, is where Alfonso again brings up, let's do Heart of Stone. I'm guessing, like I said, by the Rolling Stones. Oh, the guy on the keyboard actually has a line other than food. He's like, I thought we already went through this. But it's like, yeah, I feel like I'm going through deja vu again. And Rick actually stands up for Alphonse. Like, I'm sure he's got a good reason. Let me guess. He says, oh, because Kiki thinks it's a good idea. Oh, God. And he's like, I'm sure Alphonse's got a good reason for bringing this up. And Alphonse's like, yeah, it gives people heartthrob. Oh, good grief. Sounds like something a girl would say. In the 80s, not now. And Alphonse... <laughs> Brad goes over there, puts a hand on Alfonso's shoulder, actually the space between the shoulder and his neck, and it's like, no, actually, <laughs> it gives people heartburn. And Rick tells him that they've already made the decision. Well, if they voted on it and there's five guys in the band and only one of them doesn't want to do it, well, majority rules. And now, let me guess, Alfonso's like, I know why you guys don't want to do Heart of Stone, because you're jealous I'm such a good singer, I'm better than you. He's gonna probably pull the Kiki card and say, you're just jealous because I'm better than you, or something like that. Oh, good great, he does, he's like, you guys are jealous. Ugh, that girl is so manipulative, she's putting words in his mouth, she's creating a... A wall between him and his friends. Who does that kind of crap? If you're the type of person that's gonna try to isolate your boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever from their friends, that is possessive. That is very unhealthy. And the fact that Alfonso doesn't see it because he's a love star or a teenager will hopefully eventually come to his senses. How much you want to bet that Everyone is going to laugh their butts off. Yep. <laughs> I saw that one coming a mile away. Is Rick's voice still going through the change? He's like, <laughs> jealous. Like, dude, I thought your voice changed like a season ago. We, we got past all the squeakiness. <laughs> Brad's like, uh, I think he's been standing a little too close to his amplifier. Why is it uh, omitting toxic few toxic? Toxic fumes that make you hallucinate. And Alfonso, of course, isn't like being laughed at. He's like, knock it off. And Rick has to get like, hey, look, Alfonso, you're taking this way too personally. And Alfonso's kind of getting after Rick for taking their side. My guess is, he's like, we either do the song or I'm out. Which, my guess is, yeah, Alfonso's like, I'm done. Like, dude, if you can't be a team player... Dude, you gotta get... This girl, she's toxic. She's toxic. Dump her butt. Dump her butt. He basically says, I walk. Or I walk if we don't do the song. And they all are like... They are shocked. Like, man. Really? Of course, they're just slack-jawed. They're like, huh? And Alfonso like, well, got my answer. Bye. Parenson takes his jacket and his guitar. We get a shot of the front door as Alfonso walks out of it, like in front of the door with the mailbox. Because Rick comes through with his guitar still attached to his body. Like, Alfonso! Alfonso! Great. Now he's a one-man band. <laughs> Where's Kiki? She left. Good. 
Now you won't be jumping up and down during the ballads. <laughs> Layoff, guys, all right? We have a lot of work to do. Like that opening number? Yeah, I've been giving that a lot of thought, and I uh, still think we should open up with Heart of Stone. I thought we already went through this. Yeah, I feel like I'm having a deja vu again. <laughs> Wait a minute, guys. I'm sure Alfonso has a good reason for bringing this up. Don't you? Yeah, it's the kind of song that gives people heartthrob. <laughs> no, 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 no. It gives people heartburn. <laughs> See, Alfonso, we've already made our decision. I know why you guys don't want me to do Heart of Stone. You guys are jealous. <laughs> jealous? I think he's been standing too close to his amplifier. <laughs> it off. Alfonso, calm down. You're taking this too personally. Oh, sure. Take their side. What? Look, we either do the song or, or what? Or I walk. Dude, you are putting your friends in a Guess position. Guess I got your answer. All for a Alfonso. stupid girl. It's toxic. Alfonso. Okay, Edward is watering, misting the plants. He also got a little spray bottle thing of, I don't know, something you put on the plants. And he's like, oh, I miss you. <laughs> As he's spraying them to death. Those plants are going to be dead. I have a feeling he's overdoing it with the misting. How much mist, how long? It's, he's having too much fun with the misting. You're going to overmist. Those plants are going to start fall. Those petals, they're falling off those plants. I bet. I bet anything. So he's like speaking in different accents. Like he's trying to sound like Charles. Like, oh, William, you have a weed. Let me take that out. Like, uh, and he's putting some others. I think he's like either he's exaggeratingly taking care of them or he's like just goofily like I don't think he's taking it 100% seriously or maybe he's getting a little too involved in taking care of them. I don't know because he moves a lamp off of the one and like oh you're getting a little too much heat. <laughs> he's doing some like Pepe Le Pew Lumiere French accent and <laughs> Rick's like right behind him like. Dad, you've lost it. I love how Rick's like, Dad, and Edward's like, what? <laughs> like, you didn't catch me talking to one of these plants? <laughs> Rick's, Rick's accusing his dad of, like, hitting on an orchid. Like, does Kate know about this? And he's like, what? I was just talking to the plant. Like, no, Dad, you were hitting on an orchid. I thought that purple whitish one was William, and the other one was, uh, Maxie, do I have it wrong? Is Maxie the purple one? And then the orangish yellow one is William? Or Will? Or whatever? Oh, they're just laughing about it. <laughs> That's so funny, you hitting on a plant. <laughs> so Edward grabs the binder and he's kind of flipping through it and asks Rick, Hey, are you guys going to have band practice here today? And Rick's like, yep. Edward says, well, we'll be out of the house then for that. <laughs> okay, so Monday night is the Battle of the Bands. He's like, we'll be there Monday night for the Battle of the Bands. And then he proceeds to do a bunch of uh, mouth noises. <laughs> oh, Edward. So Rick is like, I think the battle's going to turn into a massacre. And Edward's like, oh. And Rick's like, yeah, we can't seem to get it together. 
It's like, clearly it was Brad and Alfonso. You know, Alfonso's left the group. You know, he and Brad were arguing as far as it comes to a song list and what they should open with. It's just been one headache after another. However, it's like, without Alfonso, right? And Rick says, no, Alfonso has nothing to do with this. Bull! He's got everything to do with it. It's like, okay, a little bit. All right, a lot. It's his father's like, Rick, come on, seriously, it's me. And the doorbell rings. I wonder who that could be. It's Alfonso! Because before he answers, Edward answers the door. It's like, you can always ask him back. Are you serious? I don't, I'm, I'm guessing this is how this is going to play out. He's probably going to be like, Rick, I want all my stuff back that you borrowed or to, that would be exchanged from each other or something like that. So, Edward's like, oh, Alfonso, we were just talking about, hey, Rick, look who's here, it's Alfonso. And he excuses himself upstairs. And it's awkward, the exchange, like, hey, hey, how you doing? Like, you're basically walking on eggshells around, like, you don't know if you had a big fight, how to approach the person afterwards, like, uh. We're kind of testing the waters. So, uh, Alfonso asks how the band is doing, and Rick's like, oh, fine, I mean, it's not the same without you in it. <laughs> and Alfonso's like, well, well, five guys make more noise. And Rick actually asks him back, like, hey, if you ever want to come back, and Alfonso's like, well, look, I can't do that, I just came to pick up my mic stand. Oh, so, uh, they go through the kitchen to go to get the mic stand, wherever it is, who knows. And Alfonso drops a bomb on Rick saying that, yeah, I uh, joined another band. Because Rick's like, oh, you've been doing some playing? And Alfonso's like, yeah, I joined another band. Like, ooh, let me guess. Is Kiki involved? That was her point, right? To pull Alfonso away from his friends into another band. And their opening with Heart of Stone would be my guess. So Rick's like, who's in it? And (laughs) Alfonso says, Kiki's brother's. Ah, yes, Kiki's brothers. Mmm. So she has complete control. Apparently they've been looking for a lead singer and Kiki's like, Well, my boyfriend Alfonso, he's got the greatest voice. So Rick congratulates him and says, Hey, so what kind of music is it? Contemporary? Top 40s? And Alfonso says, Originals. Kiki's been writing some songs. Great. So she's the... Oh, this girl's so manipulative. And she's taking guitar lessons. Why? So she can be in the band as well? Oh, boy. Alfonso, you are really blinded to not see that this girl is taking advantage of you. She got you away from your friends. She's got you in her brother's band. And she's writing songs. Those brothers, she must got them wrapped around her finger as well. Like anything Kiki says, that's what we do. So Rick is, like, trying to fake being happy for Alfonso. And finally, he just confessed, like, Alfonso, this is stupid. We're best friends. Why are you in another band? Alfonso says, because I get to do the songs that I I do best. So Rick's like, Alfonso, can I tell you something friend to friend? Look, you've never started acting crazy until... Yeah, because of this girl. This girl is manipulating him. When is he going to see it? Rick's like, until you went cuckoo over Kiki. And Alfonso gets upset. Like, hey, leave her out of this. This was all my idea. Was it, Alfonso? Was it really? 
Or was she just fanning the flames of your thoughts? Making you think that this is what you wanted. He likes the idea of flying solo and no one telling him what to do. So Kiki's not telling you what to do. She's not writing your songs for you. She's not having you join her brother's band so you can be a lead singer. She's controlling all of this. Oh boy, this is beyond controlling. And he's like, hey, I can be my own man. Look, I gotta go or Kiki gets mad if I'm gone too long. That is a controlling person that is not healthy. Again, not healthy, Alfonso. I'm sure before the end of the the episode he's going to realize this. He has to. I missed you. (laughs) Yes, I did, would poor kid you. Whoa, get a little warmish to move this life off of you. Hello, hello, what's this? <laughs> weed, weed. I'll have that, can we? No. There you look much better. You look fantastic, if I do say so myself. Very sexy. <laughs> Dad. What? <laughs> Does Kate know about this? I was just saying good morning. Yeah, no, 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 Dad, you weren't. I saw the whole thing. You were hitting on an orchid. Ah, <laughs> uh, you guys gonna have band practice here again today? Yep. We'll be out. <laughs> but we'll be there Monday night for the... <laughs> I, 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 the battle of the battle. <laughs> I think the battle is gonna turn into a massacre. Oh? Yeah, we just can't seem to get it together. Without Alfonso, you mean? Alfonso has nothing to do with this. Okay, maybe a little. Okay, a lot. Well, you guys can always ask him back. Alfonso, we're just talking about... Rick, look who's here, Alfonso. Hey, Alfonso. I'm going upstairs. How you doing? Great. How you doing? Terrific. How's the band doing? Oh, fine. You know, of course, it's not the same without you in it. Yeah, well, uh, five guys make more noise. <laughs> Listen, Alfonso, if you ever want to come back... Thanks, Rick, but I can't. I just came by to pick up my mic stand. Okay, sure, it's out back. You doing some playing? Yeah, join the new group. Oh. Who's in it? Kiki's brothers. <laughs> They've been looking for a lead singer. Well, um, hey, congratulations. What kind of music is it? Top 40s? Originals? Uh, originals. Kiki's been writing some songs. <laughs> Kiki? And she's taking guitar lessons. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I guess. Alfonso, this is stupid. We're best friends. Why are you in another band? Because I get the chance to do the songs that I do best. Alfonso, can I tell you something, friend to friend? What? You never started acting crazy until... Until what? Until you went cuckoo over Kiki. (laughs) Hey, leave her out of this. This is all my idea. I like flying solo. Nobody telling me what to do. I'm my own man. 
Okay, okay. Well, hey, I gotta get going. Kiki gets mad if I'm gone too long. You don't see what's wrong with that sentence? Okay, they should have moved those plants. This is, oh, I, I knew. Because Rick and the guys, minus Alfonso, are in the living room with, you know, practicing with the band. They got an amp right by that table. And you just see that poor, I think it's Maxine or Max, the flower, the orchid. And I bet anything, those petals are going to start to fall off. Well, that didn't take long, did it? <laughs> we see one petal fall off. Make that eight petals total. That plant is near bald. It's a bald, it's going to be a bald orchid. They've practiced in there before. Why in the world do they have the amp right by where that orchid is? And this is more kind of heavy-ish rock me a little bit. Thank goodness they're not playing metal music. Ooh. Rick finally notices that Maxie Orchid, all her lilac colored, her lilac colored petals have fallen and she just has the deep, two deep violet ones. That is not good. Well, the buds are gone too. Oh boy. Oh, poor Charles is going to be so angry. You had one job, guys. One, and you couldn't do it. They finished the song, and Brad's like, oh, that was great, we're gonna kill. And Rick finally looks over his shoulder and sees that Max, the orchid, is sans petals, sans buds. There's nothing left except for little leaves that were originally sprouting out of the soil. Rick runs over like, oh, guys, I think we already have... Oh, guys, this is horrible. This is a prize-winning orchid. And Rick's, like, grabbing at the, like, petals and, like, like, just sprinkling them over the, over Max, the orchid. Like, oh, this'll, they'll just start to stick. No, they won't. He's like, this is a prized orchid. And Brad's like, not anymore. <laughs> and the other guy's like, so what? You didn't kill the plant. It's like, no, well, you kind of did with that amp right by it. Bruce's like, gosh, what am I going to do? Brad's like, it's not a big deal. Just go out and buy another flower that looks like it. He's like, oh, Brad, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. No, now he's coming through with a plant that looks just like Max. Hey, that was great. I'm telling you, we're going to kill. <laughs> oh, no. Guys, I think we already have. Oh, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> Guys, this is a prize-winning orchid. Not anymore. <laughs> so what? You didn't kill the plant. I know, but our music did. Guys, what am I going to do? Hey, look, what's the big deal? Just go out and buy another flower. Brad, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> oh, no. Dad, I'm sorry. It was all my fault, Dad. I killed Maxie. The music was playing too loud. That's why I bought this other plant. I thought I killed her by overwatering. You know, she did look kind of soggy. No. It doesn't matter who killed her. Although, probably was the music. Yeah. Well, lucky for us, I bought a spare, huh? 
Rick, come on, it's immature and dishonest to try to pass off a stranger for Maxie. You're old enough to know better than that. Hi, guys. Oh, no, she's got another one. Oh, no, you beat me to it. <laughs> Kate? Well, when I saw what happened to Maxie, I knew you'd be devastated, so I went Went out. right out and bought another one. Yes. See, Dad, see, great minds think alike. <laughs> I can't believe you two. Whatever happened to taking responsibility? When you make a mistake, you just own up to it. Now, Charles is on his way over now, and we're just going to have to tell him the truth. Quick, give me the phony plant. <laughs> so, Rick comes in with a plant. Edward's already got Maxie. And really thinks that he... Edward thinks that he overwatered it like he drowned it. And Rick goes to feel the soil. Well, like, she is a little soggy. But, no, it turns out the music, like, knocked all her pedals off. And, of course, it's, he's like, don't worry, I got a duplicate. It's like, that's never gonna work. And Kate comes in. Because she also thinks, you know, she saw what happened and she went out and got a replacement. So, Rick and Kate, similar minds think alike. So, of course, Charles is on his way over. And it's like, oh, give me the fake plant. He puts it and he takes Rick's and puts it under the table. Charles is going to know. He's like at the door. So let's find out how this is going to go. Charles. 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 <laughs> Hello, Edward. Kate Richard. Where are my babies? Right oh. where you left them. It's safe and sound, right, guys? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Will. Hello, Maxie. Yeah. Oh, he Maxie? knows. What? What? Maxie looks a bit out of sorts. Well, she didn't have time to put on her makeup yet. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. This isn't my Maxie. Yeah, it there's isn't? a little card in there. No, it isn't. Kate, do you know anything about this? <laughs> I'm sorry, Charles. Here she is. May she rest in peace. Rest in... Oh, my. I'm really sorry, Charles. Maxie, you're pregnant. What? She is? Yes, that's how they get after they've been pollinated. They lose their bloom. Ah! There's a new growth down here. Aww. Aww. So it worked out because he realized like this is not Maxie. And I thought there was going to be like one of those little plastic cards with, like the picture of the flower and like water it like however much you got whatever. Like the little care card. <laughs> and Edward brings up Maxie like here's Maxie. I'm sorry. And just the look of suddenness on Charles's face. And I love when Charles comes in and is like, Charles, Charles, Charles. <laughs> but no, it, it, it turns out Maxie's pregnant, I guess. Interesting. Because there's like little bud, a little bud coming in. And usually when they're pregnant, is that the term? I don't know. I don't, like I said, guys, you know, I don't take care of plants. <laughs> um, the petals all fall off. Like, oh, so they didn't kill the plant. Oh, 
Woo! They're only oh, she's pregnant. That's adorable. Cross pollination, or cross germination, whatever. All right, now we're gonna get to the battle of the bands. Let's see how well this is gonna go over. Fi oh my gosh! I just hope finally that Alfonso sees. Uh. Kiki, for who she really is. have two more groups to hear before our selection committee picks the winner in the Battle of the Bands. Ladies and gentlemen, how about a big hand for the Fab Five? Oh, oh, the Fab Four. Good luck. Hey, thanks, Alfonso. <laughs> it's not too late. What are you wishing them luck for? They're my friends. I told you, you don't need friends like them. What a wench! Don't touch him, you freak. Yep, get in there, Alfonso. get up there the lady running the contest is like the fab five and rick's like no it's the fab four the fab four she corrects herself kiki's there with alfonso alfonso wishes rick and the guys good luck kiki's like what did you wish them good luck for and he alfonso says well they're my friends she's like i told you you don't need friends you've got me and like finally Finally, when the guy when the guys are on stage, they're playing the song. Alfonso just looks at her, looks at the guys, and looks back at Kiki, and it's like, "Forget this, I'm gonna support my friends." And he gets out there and he jumps right into it, and Kiki just turns around and walks away. Thank you, thank you, you wench. Good riddance. No, I guess we don't learn if they win the Battle of the Bands. Do we not get to hear? No, we don't get to hear. Oh, oh well. Well. Well, I kind of figured they must. I really think they, they end up winning. 
because Alfonso was supposed to go on with Kiki's brothers, and if he's, you know, jumping back into, you know, his and Rick and Brad and, you know, whatever the guy, other guy's names, uh, their band, then it's like, well, instant win. I think instant win anyway. So this one, I liked a smidge more than the other one because it, the main focus was pretty much just Brad being the house guest. This one, I like, you know, I had two plots, you know, the band plot, which was good. But I really, I don't know why I really like the plant plot because it really involves, you know, Edward, Rick, and Kate and, you know, meeting their na- their neighbor Charles and everything coming over with the plants. And it just, it was a cute episode. It, I like sometimes when there's two separate plots kind of going on. So, yeah, I'm going to give this one, I'm going to give this one a four out of five just because the only thing bad about it is going to be Kiki and that toxic relationship that she had with Alfonso. But I like the plants. I like that Maxine is Maxie's pregnant, and I like that Alfonso chose to go and be with his friends and support them and be in their band and drop Kiki. I like how um, Rick thinking that he killed the plant, and Kate both simple minds think alike. With they both got a replacement for the plant, but the surprise is on them since Maxie's pregnant. And uh, yeah. I just, I overall thought it was a cute episode. I, you know, the fact that Rick was trying to tell Alfonso, it's like, you're, uh, you have never acted like this until this girl came along and got you all worked up. You sort of, you know, wanting your own thing and making demands. I mean, it's part of the group. You're all should be included in everything like that, but... Yeah, I just, I liked it. I uh, definitely liked the the prime rib we didn't get to see and the coconut frosting double layer cake that looked delicious. And ever, all he did was dip his finger into that bowl of horseradish, but apparently it's really, really hot. Don't, what, did she put jalapenos in it? Eesh. So yeah, four out of five trains. My silver spoonful... It's going to definitely go for Alfonso and Kiki. Guys, I know it's probably going to be hard to realize when you're in a toxic relationship, but someone making demands of you all the time, pulling you away from your friends and family, trying to isolate you away from that, that is very possessive and unhealthy. That is not a relationship that anyone should want to be in. Also, if someone asks if you can watch their plants, do your best to take it seriously. Ask them to jot down notes. You know, more than likely, especially with in the way of Charles, like these plants meant a lot to him. And just luckily he had a huge binder full of stuff. You know, care and all that, everything. So, yes. When having someone else watch your pets, if you have any special instructions, write them down. Make sure they're included. Anything, whether it's medication or special types of food or just anything that you got to watch out for. So that way your pet gets the best care that it needs and you don't have to worry that your pet is being you know, mistreated or not, the care isn't given correctly and stuff like that. You can, for worry-free vacation or why ever you're leaving your pet with somebody. 
Just make sure it's someone you, someone you know and somebody you trust. All right, so let's hear about next week's episode. It's the first one, season five, episode 16, entitled Author, Author, which aired on February 23rd, 1987. So, I don't know why I kept forgetting, like, oh, we're in 1986. No, we're in 1987. So, all right. This, guys, this is the last episode that I'll be covering that has Edward's ex-wife, Rick's mother, Evelyn, appearing. Because if you know, Mother's Day, I had covered the Mother's Day episode. So I'll be doing season five, episode 16 and season five, episode 18. So in author, author, Edward's ex-wife writes a novel about a woman's stormy relationship with a character to whom he bears a strong resemblance. Oh boy. Yeah. That's going to work out great for Kate. You're like, yeah, I want to read this book about my uh, current husband. Or a character that seems very much like my current husband. Oh, boy. Oh, we get to see Marie again. It says Marie slash Oprah Winfrey. So, someone's having a dream sequence. That's what I'm getting from this. Someone's having a dream sequence. So, yep. The next episode is Season 5, Episode 18, entitled Hero Worship. Worship. Which aired on February 16, 1987. In this episode, the Stratton's new neighbor is a rookie basketball star. And Rick is thrilled when he offers him some coaching and invites him to games. But the family is stunned when their new friend is suspended after a drug possession arrest. Okay, this has got to be one of those teach your kids not to do drugs type of moment. And also in the... Um, sports and drug possession type of things that were going on with, you know, the steroids and whatever other illicit drugs or, you know, athlete, professional athletes were using. I don't know. So, all right. Yeah, look forward to those episodes next week. Guys, we are almost done with season five, the final season. I'm really looking forward to Season 5, episode 19, entitled Baby Baby Blues, which, no, Kate is not pregnant. No, this, actually, we get to see a character that we saw in season 4 in Daddy Rick. Yeah, so I can kind of tell you about, you know, these episodes going forward. So, the week after next week... I'll be focusing on Season 5, Episode 19, and Season 5, Episode 20. Baby Blues, Episode 19. Rick fixes up an old classmate, now an unwed mother, with a contractor who has no idea she's that he's dating a parent. Um, okay, so let me get this straight. This old classmate is out of high school, I'm guessing. Because he doesn't say it's a current classmate. So more than likely, sadly, she must have dropped out to raise her baby. And a contractor, depending on how old he is. I mean, she's Rick's age. She's 17. Contractors are usually what? I don't know. When I see contractors, I think they're usually in their, like, their 20s, 30s, whatever. I don't, I don't know. So that'll be interesting to see how that goes out. Thoroughly Modern Millie. 
Mildred, excuse me, <laughs> we get a repeat appearance by who we saw in the Lost and Found episode in early season five, Kate's grandmother, Mildred. When Kate's grandmother arrives with her new boyfriend, everyone is shocked that they are sharing a bedroom, especially after Edward just criticized Rick for going a bit too far with the girl while he was out. Is this the same girl played by the girl who was kissed by Elliot from E.T.? Or is this a whole new situation just for this episode? Looks like there is a girl in this episode that most likely could be the girl in question. Alright, season 5, episode 21, part of my French. We get the final appearance by John Houseman playing Grandfather Stratton. He returns from France, surprising everyone with his much younger fiance. Robin Lively again? Wasn't she just in an episode recently? I swear she was. She was in an episode. Oh, she was in Karate Kid Part Three. She was in. She was in a bit of stuff. But I swear she was in the Beach House episode of. Silver Spoons. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Hold on. Let's see here. She's been in quite a few things. Oh, here we go. The Beach House. Yes. She's playing another character. She was in episode 5. Now she's in episode 21. Um, let me go back. Um... Okay, so clearly Grandfather Stratton is bringing home a woman named Jacqueline. No, he's not dating a 17-year-old played by Robin Lively. That would be very... I mean, it did say a much younger fiancé, but I don't think it's, like, underage young. <laughs> All right, season 5, episode 22, Educating Rick. Which... House isn't <laughs> Rick's learning problem was the other title with a football player. Disappointed by Rick's interest in party schools, Edward steers him toward a more rigorous all-male college, but when Rick and Brett attend an open house weekend, they have a hard time restraining their interest in the local female students. Yes, because the female students would be into the 16-year-old high school boys. No. Season 5, episode 23, Edward's Big Adventure. Bored by being left at home, Edward ventures out to a bar he used to frequent in college, but loses his wallet while dealing with a pool shark? Huh? That's an episode? Um, and this, guys, this is the second to last episode of the show! They were, oh my gosh, I think they are beyond scrape the barrel. Okay, the very final episode of Silver Spoons, entitled Let It Snow, Let It Snow. Kate and Edward try to have a romantic weekend in the snow, but Rick, Alfonso, Brett, and Dexter spoil their plans. Getting time alone is impossible, especially when a blizzard hits their cabin. Yes, that's how the show ends, everybody. They go on a, a little romantic ski trip. You had a bunch of kids and your co-worker tagging along. And a little too close for comfort when you're snowed in and you're all in one space. Yikes. So that'll be interesting. So, all right. Well, like I said, next week is author, author. And 
the episode title I've forgotten about the uh, basketball drug possession dude. Okay. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a great week.